0: of Amazon's Wheel of Time. I'm Ernie Bliss, and I'm joined by my chosen co-presenters. I'm here with Bree. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well.
0: Uh, Lee, how are you doing? Yay! Happy to be here.
2: Great episode. Great episode this week.
0: It was a lot of fun. And Sarah. I am also thrilled to be here. Woo! Glad to have you all with me. Uh, We have a number of segments that we go through, but before we dive into that, is there a... Lee, is there anything that we should go over for Mangum Talks?
2: Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It seems like we build our listener base for this podcast week over week. You know, whenever we start a new feed like this for a new show, new book series, new whatever, it takes a while for people to catch on that we're reviewing it, right, and that we're here week by week. It seems like the, the listener base is building up, so thank you all for listening. I just want to keep everybody to keep in mind, we are absolute amateurs of this. We, you're not listening to a professional podcast. We don't get paid for it. We do this simply because we think that we were going to talk about the show anyway because we like it. And we think that by putting it out there, it'll make your day a little bit better, that you will enjoy this, right? We're here, we're doing this for your enjoyment only. So um, hope you can keep that in mind when you're listening, that we're not like professionals, but we're doing our best to just try to give you something that maybe as you watch the show makes it a little bit more fun. And that's really what we do across all the Mangum Talks podcast. If you like this podcast, you like the general feel of it, you can go to mangumtalks.com and check out any of our stuff. That's M-A-N-G-U-M Talks.com. Uh, we do a lot of TV review podcasts. We just wrapped up Succession. Shout out. End of Succession Season 3. Bam- what a banger that was. Oh my God. What a finale. If you don't watch Succession, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You need to check out Succession.
3: Literally anything
2: else. So good. not watching. Not it's uh, so good. I was going to say, I, Oh my god!
0: I, I saw a teaser that there's going to be some uh, a lot more Star Wars content in the future, which Absolutely. I'm excited about.
2: So we're transitioning from the banger that was Succession Season 3 straight to Star Wars because Disney Plus is about to pump out a serious pipeline of Star Wars content, which we got Boba Fett, Mandalorian Season 3, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, uh, Andor. We got a bunch of stuff coming for Star Wars. So we decided to just do a general feed for that, which is uh, Mangum Talk Star Wars. So you can get that. That's live now. You can subscribe to that on anywhere you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we read every review. Uh, we take them into heart. We try to take your, your feedback seriously. And we enjoy the uh, the ratings as it pushes us up and we get more listeners. So thanks.
0: Well, uh into our segments. Uh, so we have a number, we're going to start off with a recap that is uh led by Lee. Uh then we have uh Gleeman's corner where or then we have tavern of the week. I am all out of sorts. Tavern of the week which is hosted by Bree and decided by Bree and Here then to the week. Uh, which is character of the week who's the most interesting plot developing all sorts of fun like that
2: I've um, got a nominee this week yeah I've we <laughs> got have. a big one <laughs> um,
0: and then on to women's Corner where we uh, have best line or, or conversation the episode that, that I decide on followed by uh, speculation and some theory notes. theory time um, I think uh, Dragon Power Rankings might might have fallen off. Oh no! Uh, final Final Dragon <laughs> Power Rankings. Yeah. My, yeah. my segment <laughs> has died.
2: My favorite. <laughs> um, Made it so we'll see almost how that goes. all of the. But I can't do predictions seasons. though. Yes, predictions. I, yes, yes. I do have a prediction for um, you guys. Ready
0: to go? Um, I think that you know, we'll roll that into. Uh, Theory time. Theory time. Theory time. Um, yeah. And then that, that will end our uh, spoiler-free, or at least spoiler-free, without any book content uh, for part one. And then we have a spoiler-ridden, all sorts of book stuff for, for part two. Um, but without much further ado, late. Yeah, season Take one. Take us away.
2: Season one, episode seven. Let's start the recap. We start with an action scene. I gotta say, um, there's been a lot of action scenes on this show. This was the best one. This was the best action scene they've done, in my opinion. Yep. Um just my opinion.
0: I think this I was universally liked by every everybody bit of the fandom. Yeah. I mean I I've seen complaints because everybody's going to complain um but everybody liked this one I think. I
2: thought it was really well done. You know what it reminded me of is um like a uh, Game of Thrones did the to the tower scene where um it was like a flashback and they were showing up uh, Edward Stark was showing up to try to to get um his his daughter or mm-hmm. his his um uh, sister who he thought was was being kidnapped, Mm -hmm. right? And I bring it up because they made a point of saying that they spent like, I think like three weeks filming one single sword Mm -hmm. fighting Mm scene. I wonder how long it took for this because it seems like they really took their time with it and tried to do it well.
1: It was really, really riveting and I, like I am a person, I will readily admit, I sometimes get into these extended action scenes and I'm like, okay, can we just get to the end of it? Like just what is happening here? I don't, can we start talking again? That would be great. Um, But this one, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time and when the, the, grabbing up the cloak and the that whole thing happened Woo! peak entertainment
0: uh no capes (laughs) um but but so the other thing that i I thought was really good and interesting and they spent a lot of time doing it um is making it believable with what's going on which you know i think you're going to get into but you know having this not be they're just the best warriors out Mm -hmm. there you know we have this ideal that is taking people down but like it's not a there isn't like magic going on. They're they're not just like blowing people yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's a
1: hard and gritty yeah. fight. Yeah, I
2: think it plays with your expectations a little bit too because you see that you see that the woman is pregnant before you see her fighting skills, and so we're conditioned to think like pregnant woman like probably Weak, yeah, defenseless. Yeah, like not mm-hmm. not in her best fighting shape, right? But it, we increasingly see as the scene moves forward that she still has like extreme capabilities to kick an awful lot of ass, which she does. So that gets in the recap, right? So um, basically, these these people in armor are attacking her for some reason, and she does a. It's not like clear what the hell's going on, but it does look like there's been a battle around her, and it looks like she's been in the battle, right? She's all scraped mm-hmm. up and beat up. She does do the cape pull scene where she jumps over a guy, pulls the cape, knocks him down, kills him. At one point, three people kind of crowd her. Mm-hmm. Really disappointed in the guys in armor. I mean, you have got to, <laughs> you have got to, one motion, all three go. That's how you do this, right? They're they're doing the pick and pop, and she's able to handle them. Um, she finally uh, gets behind a, a stone, and looks like it looks like she's maybe got a little bit of time. So she starts to, she's in labor the whole time, but she starts to kind of finish the the process, right? She's trying to get the the baby out, and um, a guy with armor comes up and looks at her, points sword at her, bang. Intro. Did I miss anything there?
0: No, all, all good. Uh, definitely, it was a cold open that. We've been waiting for this scene because it was one of the things in the that we got in the trailer, and we've been waiting for it since the the season began. I mean, it's we were hoping that it was going to be such a cool scene, and I'm just glad that we. This is, I think, a really good context to have it in. That it's it's a flashback that we we find out later that it's a flashback, and we find out like the context that it, it was in, um, and I just yeah. it was really cool.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. the The lady's name is Tigraine Mantier. Mm-hmm. that's what it said on the x-ray maiden of the spear battle of the shining walls is what she's in battle of the shining walls mm-hmm. so shout out um
0: is that right, I get it, uh, right? The, it is right
3: it is book canon you are well, in
0: you are in, you, you are in <laughs> like so, so much book lore so there's not much we can say yeah. um but but yeah it was a lot of fun to watch
3: so yeah. i do think you know some cool things about this so BJ was about ready to be disappointed dark friend when we opened on this scene because she was like panting as she was running Mm. and she tore off her black veil and he was like oh this is like why is she so tired she shouldn't be so tired as a IEL and then it like (laughs) panned back and it was like okay well she's in labor she's
1: pregnant like She has reasons for this.
3: Yeah, maybe I didn't do it justice. Not just
2: pregnant, in labor. In labor, yeah. And it does
1: take a little while for that to become apparent in the scene. But BJ, this is on brand for you. Preemptive disappointed dark friend. Yes. Just ready to latch onto it whenever you can.
3: And then it ended up being really, really awesome. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is like, um, I don't know if you timed it, but this was sort of, for me, the perfect amount of time for a cold open. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was just like, it was enough to get a scene out. We had a little bit of a cliffhanger and and then we get the uh, the opening credits.
3: Yeah. And even like as a book reader, like I really, like once we finished with that and we went to the credits, I was like, but I, we're gonna go back to that, right? <laughs> like, no, 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 I wanna see more.
2: Yeah. Um, the, the It takes 335, the cold opening here. So that's pretty standard uh, amount of time for the cold opening. And we start with, after the intro, we start with our crew in the ways, which looks like a really dark hallway, basically. That's kind of what it looks like on screen. Right after it closed, they're screaming for Matt. Naive wants them to open it again to get Moraine. Um, but Moraine says uh, he made his choice. Ran, did he or did he make it for him? Moraine, you know the darkness in him. This is potential quarter of the episode. You know the darkness in him. You know it better than anyone. Do you really think he's ready for what lies ahead? Interesting quote to me because she seems to be, she's speaking right to Rand and she seems to assume that he knows what's coming. Like, it would seem to me that, like, it would be very unclear to him what he's about to go do. And she, like, specifically is like, you know what's coming. Do you think he's ready for it? It's weird that she's talking to him that way to me.
0: I think it's a tough times are coming. And, you know, this is going to be, a lot of difficult things and we're going to be wrangling with evil and i think it's fairly nebulous i think you know that's sort of where moraine is going like it's this nebulous evil that, that we're trying to wrangle with do you really think he's up for it because he, he really waffles between like a being a hero and being sketchy
2: matt is pretty sketchy all the time i've, I've never seen him be a hero uh, like,
1: he's been a hero no, with his sisters and right he's is, that, is that
2: really hero or is that big brother it, I'm just saying he, Hero's a tough Hero's a tough thing I, I've not seen like a super amount of good from him other than that he likes his own family which I mean that's kind of a base. and he, had, well, he did have well, that moment with
1: Perrin too with his friends too
3: yeah,
2: like. yeah.
0: Um, and he so when he gave up the knife to Perrin uh, what one they were in Shadow Logoth and then he had I mean Yes, it was sort of colored with you know the evil that was in with a knife, but like he had some really nice moments with the the little girl on uh, the farm. So he likes little and children. Before she was that's dead. that's what we're, that's what we're gonna. He like, <laughs> a this, punch
2: way. I'm, I'm, like. I'm poking at it that the things that we seem to like about Matt are things that like are baseline human is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that we get he I think that saying hero is a lot to say based on what we have from Matt. In the saying show. he's sure. in the show, yeah. Saying he's a good dude. He has the po- he, has he has the, the capability potentials. of being a good dude.
2: is yeah. fine.
3: He is not irredeemable. Yeah.
1: Right, but well, so
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But,
3: but Moraine's
1: other- not wrong to say Right. Look, he's not like in the best mind state. And so, it's not it's not wrong to direct that to Rand either because he's the one who's had to deal with him for the past however many months yes, exactly. yeah. he, God bless yeah,
0: him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so with his uh younger sisters, like yes, it's a thing that you might expect, but Uh, His neither his parents nor a lot of the other people in the village think about anybody else and go find right. So you know that he went out into the battle for it. I think says a little bit more than like he's just an older brother.
2: Yeah, maybe. uh, You know, look. Here's the thing: when Moraine says someone's bad. They're bad in Lee's book, okay? Sure. So, I'm team Moraine 100%. So, at this point, I'm fuck Matt. That's yep. what I'm trying to say. Nope. You know, she is um, infallible. <laughs> she is to me. Uh,
3: <laughs> So uh, you are a Gwaine. You're just like ready to... Yes, absolutely. Whatever yeah. Moraine says, <laughs> Follow I, Moraine I, I to the well end of the her, world.
2: Might as well be a warder. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I'll sign up.
3: Well, you can, you can trade places with land. Yeah, apparently she does one now. Uh, Moraine
2: tells them they've wasted enough time. It's time to go. And off they go. One thing I've noticed about Moraine this episode, Rand finally calls it out. I gotta say, Rand, strong fucking episode. It, you know...
1: Outside uh, of the finally, end. Finally. strong episode. I'm not even too, talking yeah. about the,
2: yeah. the, 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 the ultimate plot reveal. I'm just talking about him generally. He just seems so much more reasonable in this episode. And I just feel like every time I take a strong stance on a podcast, it always swings the other way. <laughs> I really went hard against Rand last episode. And he just seems reasonable because he does call this out later, which basically everything Moraine says, and I'm team Moraine, just to establish that, but everything Moraine says to these kids is one of two things. It's a statement of fact or it's a command. That's all she ever gives them, and like eventually they're like, God damn, this lady's like tough, and it, she starts it right out in this episode. Enough mm-hmm. nope time, it's time to go. Like, he just went through something pretty traumatic. Like, they're they're in
0: a time warp for God's sakes, and she doesn't <laughs> even
2: give them a little bit of softening. No,
0: yeah, um, and I think I think you're a hundred percent right on Rand leading up to this episode. And I really appreciate that they developed his character. And he, he, I think, had his breakout episode in terms of just acting from mm-hmm. the actor. Like, not just Great like the, yeah. the lines that he had right. and the, the development point. that they had on the episode, but, like, everything felt better. Yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. we'll get to it later, but his interactions with all the other characters, and especially Wayne, like, up until now, just, like, you're just, like, reading line, like, lines to each other. And this yeah. felt, like, a lot more, oh, you, you actually like this person. Yeah, he became uh,
3: yeah. A, a real person mm-hmm, this episode, yeah. which is nice to
1: see because, man, I was worried.
0: Yeah. yeah
3: well, if point. the reveal had happened without him becoming
1: a person yeah, first, right. that would have felt real cheap.
2: They've, there's been some people complaining about the acting from the kids. Um, and they're not really kids, by yeah, the way, yeah. they're in their 20s, but like for the younger the younger group. And my, my response to that is that I think, this my be my guess of what they've done. They know that this show's going to run like eight seasons or something crazy. They have
3: to mm-hmm. have some development over that yeah, time.
2: And, and they've got to get People who aren't super expensive. They The lady who got Moraine, she, like, scared all men everywhere and Gone Girl and therefore commands a huge amount of money, for sure. <laughs> but, like, all the kids, like, I'm, I think that they're setting up for a multi-season show and you have to get some people who aren't super expensive. Yeah. That's my guess. About and yet,
0: I think that they have some chops before this, and but it takes some time to, like, really get into character and it's really hard to be convincing without a lot of interaction. And... They didn't have a lot of that. And so, yeah. like, what we're complaining about is maybe 10 lines between Owen and yeah, Rand. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right. the entire series so far. Gotta so to give them reps.
3: Because then they've been chased by Trollocs. They've been on a journey. They've been separated. separated. Yeah. Like, there just isn't a lot of time. Right.
0: And so, like, the, I think the most believable relationship up until now that Rand has is with Matt because they spent a lot more time together. And so, yeah. right. you know, the, the complaints that we have, I think, are... Sort of you know, how much do we expect from you know relatively inexperienced actors to a certain extent with a huge lines.
3: amount of just ground to cover too mm-hmm. like yeah. it's not like we're focusing on one or two inexperienced actors playing that's a whole cast yeah. and they have to do a lot of things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with so that anyway. as Jean said. Um, our crew is talking about reopening the Waygate. and Egwene says, well, we can barely use the one power. Uh, oh, speak for yourself, Egwene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nynaeve cannot barely use the one power as we see. Uh, uh, Loyal, I, I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, yeah. Tells them that they can't use the one power in the ways. Quote, to do so would be to throw yourself at Machin Shen and ask, to, ask it to feast on your soul. Nynaeve asking the real questions, what is Machin Shen? <laughs> Loyal says, look, Moraine's going pretty quick. I gears, not so fast. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Marine.
3: one time when he's not <laughs> willing to do expeditions, yes. yeah.
0: Which is really funny because uh, in, in the books, this spoils the smallest thing ever. Like, they're good runners. And he doesn't, like, be on a horse. And he prefers to, like, run alongside them when they're on horse. So that he's slow, I think, is more of, like, a joke than, than anything else. Enjoy. But we'll see what
2: happens. Mm-hmm. Rian goes back to the Matt thing, saying we can't just leave him. McQueen, quote: "We didn't leave him; he left us." Uh, here's the thing about we—we we just talked about how the actors didn't get—not getting a lot of reps. They're new to this story. Got to give them time, right? With that being said, I'm now going to criticize the acting. <laughs> it feels like she played every single line she got this episode on the verge of crying. And it it starts to lose its power when you have tears in your eyes every single time you say a line. I feel like she should bring that back and be a little bit more choosy about when she uses the tears.
0: So the other thing um, about this episode in specific is that all of the Matt lines and, and, and interactions surrounding Matt, my understanding is that they were all shot... After the episode was put together, when they lost the actor mm. Barney for like the coming show, they lost him between episode seven and episode eight, and so they had to like. What re- happened to him? Oh wow! No we one don't knows. Know. Yeah, it and so basically so they had to like restructure episode seven at, and then figure out what they were going to do with episode eight. Because they lost him for episode oh, wow. eight and like they, they had nothing to do with it. And so, like, that his departure feels abrupt and everything surrounding it feels a little weird mm-hmm. is, as far as I understand, because they basically went back and shot a bunch of things to make the end of the season. Make and then sense. kind of sliced Although, it in to get.
3: I uh, thought it was between mm-hmm. six and seven because they had a COVID, you know, kind of separation between the shootings of one through six and seven through eight. And somewhere in that time is when Matt's actor so, was unable to come but, back. But
0: I think they had been shooting episode seven. I'm um, like, they hadn't finished it. But maybe, like I'm, maybe. I'm not 100%. So, the, so yeah. the
2: interesting thing in all that to me is that they shoot the episodes in a linear fashion. Not a lot of shows do that. And if they are doing that, that's... I mean, I'm not sure very how much they do. That's mm-hmm. a very interesting choice if they do that. Because that's, not that doesn't always happen. Yeah, but that,
3: that could be helping with the progression and development of the characters as, yeah. as the actors yes, yeah yes absolutely yeah, yeah.
2: Um, a lot think, of it's done on a sound stage obviously right so you yeah. can yeah. do it mm-hmm.
0: um, i think some of it is because of how they did some of the early uh, scenes because when they had uh, the two rivers town itself like they built it and then destroyed it and so mm-hmm. like that was taking a lot of time so they might have shot some things afterward but like it sort of necessitated like a fairly linear type of shooting for that peace.
2: Interesting. Rand uh, tells Egwene, do you really believe that he left us? Do you really believe that? And Perrin makes the great point. Perrin is a very rational person this entire episode. (laughs) Makes the great point, well, we can't open up the portal, and we can't find our way out without Moraine. So what are we going to do? Sit down and die? What do you you guys want to (laughs) do? And Egwene looks at Nynaeve, and Nynaeve says, when this is all over, we'll find him. I promise you that. And with that, they take off. So it seemed to me that the group was waiting for Nynaeve to make her move. When she followed Moraine, that's when they all went. Rand is the last to finally break and start walking. Uh, in the in the lead, it's Lan and Moraine. They're in the front of our our caravan. Moraine is talking to Lan and Matt, quote, there's inherent darkness, uh, to Lan about Matt, quote, there's inherent darkness within him. He was drawn to the dagger and he was feeding on it as much as it was on him. Uh, he was feeding on it as much as it was on him. Uh, Lan asks, what if it's him? She says, well, if that's the case, I can't let him within like a hundred bajillion leagues of the dark one. She knows what choice he'd make. Um, Got to tell you, Maureen flipped on Matt quick here. Uh, I think that what her experience in pulling the darkness out of Matt from that dagger, she was willing to do it to save him, but I think that she was really, she she felt like she learned something about Matt from that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, The last thing we can afford is, quote, the potential. I mean, this powerful line, I don't know if it's the line of the episode, but it's powerful. The last thing we need is for the dragon to turn to the shadow. Uh, they, walk, they talk and walk and uh, there is a crackling and weird sound, quote, to to that the fruit, and this is um, Loyal um, he's just in the back pontificating, <laughs> to think that fruit trees once thived on every island that these potmarked stone paths were once soft and verdant, covered in grass, but now one strong step and you plummet to a void that, uh now uh, that you you plumb it into a void that no one knows, or worse, Egwene, there's something worse than falling into a bottomless pit. and He goes, Oh yes, of course there is. Um, <laughs> it
1: had real, tell real, or news. worse expelled uh, yeah. vibes to this yeah. whole conversation. Though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. um Cuts a land talking to naive. I owe Moraine three silvers. You were scowling. I bet on pouting a little flirt there. <laughs> yeah. flirting there. Is that yeah. land from land yeah i think so we Got three yeses yeah. it's a,
3: a little a yeah. little yeah. flat but yeah. well he's probably not super experienced at it now you've
2: liked it though because
0: she smiled <laughs> she at it she did
2: it. Yep. land tells her that matt is safer where he is than with them he promises yeah
0: cut uh, to parent oh you got something yeah i was going to say another minor book spoiler is uh, ah. that what are you doing <laughs> That that land definitely doesn't have a lot of uh, flirting experience because apparently women would just like, just throw themselves at him in the book. Shocking. And, and, Shocking. And, and that was a, a thing that he did they really right. miscast that. Like, did not have to try very yeah. hard. You're unbelievable! This actor, I
2: hate him. Um,
1: <laughs> Bad shoes. Terrible. I mean,
2: cut to Perrin. He picks up something in front of them. He sees something. Consistently through this episode we see that Perrin has better eyesight than the others. Mm-hmm. They're, that they're fairly focusing on that. Loyal well, says it's a guiding stone, quote, how very strange. No gear would deface a guider, a guiding. Um, it's as if someone tried to destroy it, keep people away from find, keep people from finding their way, basically. So what he's mm-hmm. saying is like there's this stone. This is what I'm picking up. There's a stone there. It acts acts as sort of a map in the ways to tell them kind of where to go. And someone's like screwed it all up. And he's like, why would you do that? Like an o- 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 gear who, who reads these things, we would never do that. So what's going on here, basically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Moraine asks if he can read it. And he says, I'll ask for your patience. <laughs> Rand, from the back, killing it. <laughs> if he's asking for patience, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of that scene where Rand said something funny and Matt looked at him and said, you're funny now. That's a change. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, Moraine tells them that they need to wait. For him to read the guiding stone it's a day's journey to their way gate so where they want to go the, the exit portal the way gate mm-hmm. in this thing it's about a day's journey so she tells them take some comfort while you can again command <laughs> we are look we're mandating comfort here <laughs> all right damn it you all must be comfortable um uh, ran does ask perrin um how did you see that And Perrin says he doesn't know lan asked moraine if she knows what did that to the stone she doesn't answer and lan Says that something is following them. Cut to them all laid out sleeping. Egwene saddles up Duran. Perrin shoots an unhappy look. Gotta say,
0: you did call it,
2: crushed it. <laughs> I mean, I look, I was 100 percent. on that, on that yep. shit early, and from me, the
1: vi- from like the very first scene of the yeah. very first scene proper of the very first episode.
2: That that Perrin had a thing for Egwene. And let me explain why I had that thought. It, and I think that they I don't think it's like I think they gave it to us and it yeah. was mm-hmm. she touches him more than she needs to and he kind of collapses into her every, like this <laughs> thing when you touch somebody's shoulder and then you <laughs> fall toward the touch yeah. that's two people who have a thing like yeah. He, yeah like that they were showing us that on screen mm-hmm. I think. They were I think. there were breadcrumbs to this but <laughs> obviously we get in this episode this is the first of the very direct uh, evidence that we have that Perrin does have some feelings for Egwene um Nynaeve does catch the look though I thought they, uh, mm-hmm. they, did, they shot that really well mm-hmm. where Perrin shoots the weird look as they saddle up to each other in bed and then Nynaeve looks at it uh, cut to Egwene waking up in the middle of the night she does this is a lot not a great sleeper <laughs> did, yeah, you, she did seems you catch something some yes, as to why? yes absolutely uh, there was some whistling in the distance yep so, um
1: we had this conversation so while just, we were away. Like, So you don't have to look <laughs> skeptically about whether we <laughs> had this. Here's the
2: thing. I, so I, look, I, I am a casual viewer in this sense. Well, kind of, right? So The first, I,
0: the first time through. Because we watched this like two or three times at least. I watch it on
2: subtitles, yeah. so it said whistling. That's yeah. how I caught it. But, but
1: I um, will say the first time that we watched it through, because now I am on high alert for whistling in the background right. for reasons that right. become clear. Well, we're going to um, say it. But... I, I had a sort of like Egwene popping up like I half heard it and didn't know it. and I was like was that whistling? I, was what? that whistling? And we did not go back but so, then we're watching it on subtitles today it was. So here's the thing yeah.
2: we're hearing whistling and we're seeing evidence first in Tarvalon and now in this city which I have the name of I don't have memories but I have it um, that this fucking the caravan Fucking.
1: The peddler. The peddler. guy. Yeah. I know where
2: his. Are I, we going? I know, his, I know his name, but I'm saying, like, he. uh and Fame, but he's the guy who basically just sells you shit. Like, mm-hmm. he just shows up and he's like, hey, you know, he who paddles. needs. Who needs some beer? Like, you know, like that guy. I don't know, like, it it is not particularly clear in the show, but for some reason he is following them, which Mm -hmm. seems Mm -hmm. abundantly strange that he'd be able to do such a thing because of their travel pattern and how they're Mm -hmm. all over the place. Lan even comments that the fact that Nynaeve was able to track them was, like, the biggest fucking thing in the world. And this guy is not just following them to, you know, their their efforts to deal with Loghain and meet up with the Aes Sedai at the White Tower... He's apparently followed them into the ways, which is just mind-blowing. So I don't know what the hell's going on with this Pod and Fan character, but we will, I sense, talk a lot about him as we go forward.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Trolloc jumps out. Woo! Trolloc. Very interesting scene there. And puts his arm over a And a seems to use... the. This is what you see in the first one. It looks like a uses the one power to envelop them and expels the Trolloc. Whoever did, it's pretty strong, though, because that Trolloc, wham! And Mm -hmm. I go back to moraine fighting the trollocs right and yeah. she was able to use the one power to push them away for let's call it a force push yep you know if, if it were a force push, <laughs> a power pushed she was able to do that but it wasn't like like an endless supply right that mm-hmm. was a that was a like a big like elite level skill she was showing in mm-hmm. her ability to push the trollocs away and whoever did this blasted that one very quickly
0: so we know that Nynaeve is more powerful than Egwene but we do know that Egwene is gonna be one of the most powerful ace to die as you know if she completes her training I'm uh, not so
2: sure of that I, I have a theory on that later
0: okay right. um, so yeah this was a, a really cool flash the other thing that I thought was really interesting um, that we got in some of the promo stills which you can see on the bonus content but like if you pause it at the right time this Trolloc looks more right. zombieish than than normal Trollocs. It doesn't have like as much color and uh, sort of as bestial looking. It's more like a wan. Uh, it looks skeletal almost. Hmm, Trolloc. I, yeah.
2: I might be trying to assign too strict of rules around how they use the one power. I don't know, but like when Aguin was in the in the chair and she was held down with uh, Child Valda, right? Mm-hmm. Her, her, she came up with a fireball that like basically scratched him. But I
1: I had the theory on that that she was distracting him to be able to direct...
2: But, but, but yeah. yeah, but my point is, is that if she had the ability to do that big push, why wouldn't yeah. she have just done that the child Valder right immediately? Well, but it she seems doesn't to that, know. Yeah, but, but, so there you go, right? yeah. I might be trying to assign two stricter rules to this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I just think that maybe there's some evidence that it wasn't her, right? Because if she had the ability to do that, why didn't she do that well, before in that right. other situation? so I we've I I mean, never
3: seen this level of power from her before. What right. I'm
2: saying is, that, yeah, what I'm driving at here is that it, I think the show's really consistent. Like, I think they're being consistent with her ability to use the one power and that that wasn't her. Right. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe Mm -hmm. she would have displayed that power in a previous situation where she was in extreme danger. That's my thought.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other thing that you might relate this to is uh, pretty much any sporting ability. Like, there are some people that are naturally great at something and they may change a little bit from there. But, like, maybe with a lot of practice. And then there are people that start out terrible and get really good with a lot of practice. And so... Not everybody, you know, maybe not everybody starts at the same, uh, on the same playing field. All right, I'm
2: gonna cut, I'm gonna go ahead and, and to, for the the listener, go ahead and cut through what's happening here. I don't think Egwene's particularly powerful, and everyone else at this table thinks that she is. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going on. That is I, what's going on here. Yes. I don't think she's that powerful, <laughs> and, and we'll figure it out. Yes, yeah.
3: there was a, a comment somewhere within, I don't remember what episode, where um, I think Maureen says, you know, I brought two of the most powerful channelers. Right. Yes. Exactly. So there is in, in show rationale for a yes. is powerful, just not as powerful as 90. hmm. Anyway. So skeletal trap, troll like off the edge, gone.
2: Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, or I don't worse. think I have anything else there. Um, in that scene, other than they use the one power and they're not supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think that I think that in, in the first watching, the panic I don't think that this whole like discussion of who used it and how powerful it was is what you catch on the first one. I think the first one you, you panic that they yeah, use get you yeah. You're it. like, yeah. oh,
3: yeah, I know we're not, yeah. They're yeah. not supposed to do that. all
2: well, freaks out about the Trollocs and the Ways. He immediately starts saying how they're Trolloc and the Ways, not supposed to be here. Land pieces together that that's probably how they got into the two rivers undetected. I think, mm-hmm. ding, 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 I think he's probably right there. Perrin noted that it was cold in there. He notes that it's getting cold. Um, again, Perrin senses, hes Spidey senses real strong in Perrin. He's noticing things before <laughs> other people are. Aguin apologizes for channeling. I'm so sorry I did that. Well, hmm. Nynaeve then asks what Manchin... <laughs> Nynaeve is so, so funny, right? Because he, it's like, don't use the one power. Yes. Otherwise you'd be asking for mansion chin to screw you up. And then she's like, what is that? And he's like, we got to go. And then she uses the one power. And she's like, I have got to know where this mansion Chin should be right now.
0: Hold <laughs> oh, up. Uh, I, right. I think she, that the, she's been be, being used a lot as, as a uh, viewer insert. To yeah. Be like, all right, what's going on exactly. here a lot? Yeah. You know, why are we trusting Moraine? What's the mansion Chin? And I think that it fits in with her, her somewhat combative personality really well, <laughs> um, but allows for exposition yeah mm-hmm. i completely
2: agree um i, I think that, that she does a great job of that as a as, as they write her to explain things to people like me um loyal then explains that it translates from the old tongue to black wind and what exactly is black wind Marin starts to explain that it comes and talks to you lan in a moment of real concern says we're never going to make it to our waygate. we're not going to get there in a, we don't have a whole nother day of traveling ahead of us mm-hmm. lan tells loyal to take them to the nearest waygate and land trust to protect them from behind as they go. So now they're in full like flight mode. Yep. Yeah. The road gets pretty precarious as they go. It looks like difficult stones to step on. I as someone scared of heights would not be a particularly fan of this journey. Looks a little bit freaky. Um, How much
0: did you see in in the lightning flashes cuz we get a lot more of the waves, but it's in like half second at most flashes
3: very frustrating to Um, pause the episode yeah especially on tv
0: (laughs) but like if if you want to know like a little bit more about the ways and you know we will probably return here at some point um in those pauses you get to see a lot more they built a big set or at least put in cgi of like a much larger area which is super cool because you get to see other bridges in other like weird mm-hmm. places, like huge and chasms ways. and archways. Yeah, yeah and I thought it like was that.
1: like really yeah. interestingly depicted. Um, mm-hmm. I I just want to shout out because I thought this was such a cool design choice. I wanted to shout out the like hexagonal squares that they were doing (laughs) i was super into those i don't know if those are like i don't remember if those are consistent in any way shape or form with the books but just like i just liked them but
3: they're they're super cool and so they're they're highly reminiscent of well a couple of things so one is the devil's causeway in northern ireland Mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful sort of desolate area you know in northern ireland where it's um right up against the ocean and you get all of those hexagonal oh, columns, cool. and they're all in different like sort of types. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then the other is—I um, guess—spoiler for for but a game. There's a video game. There's a video game that <laughs> has. A like really oh, okay, that has, things, okay yeah, so. cool, cool, cool. In sort of like a dream world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can see sort of areas that they might have pulled this from, but it worked. It worked well. It worked better than I thought it would.
2: Did y'all see the Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson? No. Okay, so um, I did because I used to be a big Emma Watson fan until I read that she was like really difficult on set. Now I'm kind of out on her a little bit, but I'll I'll update y'all as that as that progresses. So I'm sure. <laughs> about it. But in that movie, that you know, the Beast is in this huge like castle that's really alone, mm-hmm. and like there's moments where, um, and it's all CGI, but there's moments where the the flame will flicker, and you see, like the flame of the candle flickering will like shoot light out to a much bigger room that's what it felt like i felt like mm, what they were doing mm. was like a sort of strobe lighting like pop and you see wham you're in a big big yeah, area yeah, yeah. Yeah. but you're not you're definitely not supposed to catch much of it but what you're supposed to take in is that this is not a small little hallway this yeah. is a huge that's huge it. area yeah. with there's a lot of crap back there that you just can't see
0: all um, right the other thing that is from the books which they did an incredible job with is that um light isn't supposed to like go as far as you expect it to and mm. so like there's just less light from lanterns and torches than you expect and i f- like i feel like you had that feel like there was darkness encroaching in on the party yeah, yeah. that feels and right. also
3: a very like you don't want to get lost in there yeah right?
2: yeah um loyal freaks out about the trucks and, oh we already did that um so the road gets pretty precarious as they go these difficult stones moraine hears you're wrong about everything. So this is when the black wind hits yeah, so, them. So
0: yeah. Loyal says uh, the closest way gate is Faldera. And, you know, it would yeah. only be a little ways to get there. Yeah. And then they run that way. Yep.
2: Um, so, and then the, the they, they're almost the there, it seems them. like. Yeah. And the black wind hits them, right? And when the black hand wind hits them, everyone starts hearing things... Um, from it. Now, I've written down what everyone heard from the Black Wind, all mm-hmm. of the different characters. This reminds me of, um, the, I, I try to make the parallel of the in Harry Potter when there's the, um, the dresser, the boggart. The boggart. Yeah. Um, yes. And okay. basically, the thing that pops, this is how it's explained, right? It's the right. thing that, that, that you're scared in of the most, or you're the most, or the yeah. most fierce. But here's the thing I think these might all be right. I think every fucking thing they said here might be right. That's, so it's very interesting. That's yeah. the
0: really cool thing about this, I
1: think. Yeah. It, Mar- can, it can both be true and your biggest fear at the same time. I yeah. think the
2: black Wind might be, might be spot on. So let me let me read uh, what they say to each one. So Moraine hears you're wrong about everything. You'll murder these children and call it heroism. Egwene hears you're nothing, an imposter, a fraud. Raising hand. <laughs> Gotta vote this for that hot. one. Rand, Rand uh, Egwene will never love you as much as you love her. Pause on that one. Why is that a bad thing? Like, if, as long as she does love him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Like, if you love someone, right? Isn't it okay to love somebody, like, more than they love you? Like, th- why I, do you need everything to be equal?
0: I think what Brand. they should have written here, and, you know, we do this sometimes <laughs> elsewhere, uh, is that she won't love you in the same way that you love yes. her. And I think that that's what That was the rewrite right, I was doing in my head. Was yeah, like, yeah, because, like, yeah. so mm-hmm.
2: Sarah's my wife right here. We're recording with her. I'm totally okay if I love her more than she loves me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I. it seems like a selfish thing to need it to be equal. So the writing, the writing actually made me like, I think it's bad writing, but when I heard it, I thought, man, Rand's kind of like, he's got an ego problem because he needs, he needs her to love him as much as he loves
3: her. I think he's just terrified of losing her and And that she
0: doesn't love him. I think that there's the, the image of, uh, especially in like long-term committed relationships that it might like vary a little bit, but like, They're in the same league of how much you love each other. And I think this is indicating, like, this is not the same league. Like, you would die for her, and she kind of wants you there.
1: She (laughs) She would give you Christmas presents. I think that it's a it's a question of thresholding right like has she hit the threshold by which they are in right same. i think i think
2: the writing could have been tweaked yes but the way that it's written my first reaction was like man he's got like a real self-confidence problem or ego problem here because he needs her to love like i need you to love me as much as i love you Mm -hmm. uh she left you once she'll leave you again that's the second thing that he heard cut to perrin who heard you wanted layla dead out of the way that's why you killed her because you loved another woman more than your life I'm going to pause there for, I think he killed her because she was trying to kill him. That's just what happened. <laughs> um, we'll get into that later, I guess. Lan, you, can pr- you can't you can protect her. You'll watch her die. Who is she?
1: Great doesn't say Moraine.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't protect her. You'll watch her die. I think the casual is going to assume Moraine and move right along. Us thoughtful people here on the podcast <laughs> might want to consider that it's naive. I'm just saying. Maybe Lan
1: doesn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Nineve, probably not. That's a really yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably true.
2: Nynaeve's um, is very, I think, true to form. It's, you'll hear the screams as they die, just like you heard your parents, and you'll do nothing to save them. Hers is really harsh. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. lost Matt, and now you'll lose the others one by one till you have nothing and no one. Nynaeve, well-established track record of not taking any shit, <laughs> does not want to take shit from this black wind, gets up, walks toward the edge of this like uh, stone uh, fixture that they're on and she hears you can't protect them play in her head lan yells at her no because i think lan is locked in with her i think he knows what she's about to do and she oh, just completely taps into the one power seems to create a kind of like force field around yeah, them mm-hmm. around the one, yep. um, to push the the black wind out of the way mm-hmm. right um Sarah and I had a bit of a disagreement on the next scene because mm-hmm. when she does that, we cut to Moraine who seems to be flailing herself. I thought Moraine was helping her build the bubble before Moraine then locked in to open up the way, the way gate, right? Sarah didn't read it that no, way. No, Sarah didn't. Sarah so. didn't read it that way. But I, yeah. my question is, why was if, if that's if it's true that she wasn't helping her, that Mar- that Moraine was basically shocked by what mm-hmm. Nynaeve was doing and then just worked to open the way gate, why when they cut to Moraine was she flailing in the same way that Nynaeve
0: was? So, so is that what you thought that she was just flailing?
1: I didn't know what I okay. I really honestly hadn't so, registered like what she was doing. Yeah. Was so beforehand. I would I would vote for
3: that she was trying maybe failing but trying to open the way gate because you do see that she already has sort of half formed um the the same weaves that she had done to open up the way gate when they first came in mm-hmm. um and then so she's like halfway through and then it's like oh all right i'm gonna go ahead and finish opening this and that's when she does you know sort of her hand motion that is opening a door
0: yeah, so I think that's what. So was... I think
1: she was trying to. Open I just didn't the way they, before when you point when Lee pointed out the flailing or whatever that was. I didn't remember when she was opening it at the end of the last episode that she was ever with her arm, like, way back and, like, leaned back. That's
2: the thing that that, that makes me think I might be hitting on something because she's consistent in the motion she does to open the way gate between the first scene and the second scene, which is a very controlled right near her chest And kind of pushing through. The flailing is something completely different, Mm -hmm. and it seems like she transitions from the flailing to the little hand thing to open up the way gate. So I, I didn't I didn't know if she was helping Nynaeve or not. I mean, I guess maybe it doesn't it doesn't matter, but like it kinda does, right? Because no, but like, I
3: don't think she would help Nynaeve. Like I... That's the question, right? That's the question I wanna open up is I why, don't would, think that she would. That's the yeah. question
2: I wanna open up because there's there's obvious tension between these two characters. And when Nynaeve did this thing which is forbidden, which she wasn't supposed to be doing did Moraine immediately hop to her aid, or did Moraine just use it as cover to open up a way that's the question? Well, but
3: I think because, like, Nynaeve can't hold them off for forever, so I can also see Moraine being like, all right, I have a little bit of time to be able to open the way gate.
1: That was my read on what she was doing, but now the motions before yeah. now are yeah. kind of kerfutzing me on the on. might have to go back on. and yeah. like,
3: watch the initial opening of the way gate. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right, she doesn't flail like that. Because,
1: and then it's also hard, sorry BJ, but it's also hard, the scene is difficult to parse because mm-hmm. you're right there with Nynaeve and then you immediately go to Moraine doing something weird
0: and it's unclear what she was doing yeah. beforehand yeah. and like so... Yeah, and, and, and like what I think is going on is it's not like you're not allowed to, but it's kind of like trying to use a flame to scatter away bugs at night, where it's just like, you can do it, but it's going to draw a lot more. Mm-hmm. So unless you have like a goal in, in, mm-hmm. in mind, the less power that you use, the better. And so I think... That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Moraine might have been like shielding herself a little bit, because the only way that they're going to get out is for her to open this doorway. Yeah. And so she's not going to waste power on protecting everybody else if she doesn't think that she can get the door open and do that as well yeah
2: and and to your point that it gets it seems to get harder for Nynaeve N- 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 as she goes and this is the second time we've seen her seriously use the one power and the second time where it looks like she was kind of on the edge of getting in trouble right you could see inside her skin mm-hmm. flames kind of bubbling she looked like she was starting to be in pain. Um, when it, it when she finally releases it, she just collapses and Leanne, shout out, is there to catch her. Um, they go through the way gate opening that Moraine created. They get out. Everyone looks worse for wear. No one looks like they had a great road trip. Um,
3: <laughs> and I would like to comment there that the scene of Lan coming and rescuing Nynaeve was reminiscent of Lan coming to yes. cover Moraine when mm-hmm. the building collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then, in the first episode when Good she's call. fighting
2: off the Trollocs. It's a really great parallel. Moraine um, then looks at them. Well done, all of you. Closest she gets to a compliment, the entire episode <laughs> of anything they've done. I, I honestly think that she was meaning that for Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she feels real comfortable talking directly to her. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in the way that you don't want to, like, really, uh, you know, upset upset somebody who is always right on edge, right? Yep. yep. Um, you've asked where they are, Loyal, the fortress city of Aldara. The Valdara. Valdara? Val-dara. Val-dara? Fal-, F-A-L,
0: F-A-L space D-A-R-A.
2: That's what I said, Valdara. Okay. The last bastion against the Blight. Mm-hmm. That's, I won't use the accent anymore. It seems to, to mess everybody <laughs> uh, Faldara, We're just judging. The, the last answer. bastion against the blight. Moraine explains that the eye of the world is a day's walk beyond. Everything's a day's walk. It's either <laughs> one day, two days. Everything's a day. I it's like know. that. No that I, that I, It's
1: actually like that country mile measurement. Like right. I, it's twenty minutes to town. It's twenty minutes to. Yeah. I everything's 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, twenty minutes 20 away. away. Actually, it's right. forty-five fucking minutes. But yeah. <laughs> 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 don't tell your kids that or they'll cry and scream.
2: She says, "But rest is close at hand. We have friends in these borderlands." Uh, I was skeptical about this, this friends thing. She does I indeed have friends. You gotta trust Moraine. Cut to a Does she
3: have friends? Does she have any friends? Uh,
2: she's got she people. Got she's one. got people who take care of her there. Yeah, That's she's true.
3: got one friend.
2: She's got one friend. Um, and two, she got the Lee. She's got two. <laughs> um, cut to Green touching Rand, and he seems completely rattled. Uh, more, maybe a little bit more so than the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. He seems a little shaken up. Moraine notices Rand too. Uh, Moraine, whatever it is you heard in the winds, put it out of your minds. Another fucking command. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not asking you here. Put it out of your minds. And it looks like she was kind of maybe talking to Rand a little bit more than the group. He's pair. got
0: a tear on his face. And so mm-hmm. I think like he might be a little bit more affected than everybody way, else yeah. seems to be. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and I don't think that's me. I, I think I did notice that to start with. And yeah. I, I, I think you're meant to think that this whole thing with the queen has really tore him up. But we learn later he earned a little bit more than yeah. what we first learned.
3: I do think it's interesting that she doesn't say you know, it tw- it twists You know the truth or it lies Mm -hmm. or anything that it says is not real it's just put it out of your mind Mm -hmm. yep and Mm -hmm. just
0: earlier it's your innermost fears which yeah
2: um cut to the city and we get another scene just like we did with um the the previous city that we were in Mm -hmm. of them walking into the city i love this in fantasy shows it's a way to show you as a sort of pedestrian just entering the city what that would be like as kind of a first person take it's all the same thing with tarvalon
0: um, and I think we also we before this got a really cool shot of the city itself. We got a little bit of a drone shot, and it kind of looked a little bit like a star fort, but also just sort of a fort in general. That I don't know. It's just a really cool set to have. So mm-hmm. we've learned.
2: We've, we've been, here's the sets:
0: two rivers, mm-hmm. Tarvalon, mm-hmm. Faldara. There we go. Those, those, are, the those are the big ones, and then we we have a, the little one we with the minor town, which was I think a really pretty area yeah mm-hmm. agreed, um, but not, but, not yeah, as really a really terrible, terrible town, town. Yeah. gelden like, a yeah, very west virginia yeah. setting we yeah. had yeah yeah, there.
2: Of, yeah yeah gonna lose a lot of votes there some dark friends in there <laughs> mm-hmm. um they walk in and they are greeted by some guys in full regalia it looks uh maybe a little bit of armorish but kind of like also dress yep uh one guy looks at land and says welcome home you bloody great bastard welcome home was an interesting thing to say welcome
0: huh? home
2: daishan daishan yeah bloody great bastard They walk into what looks like sort of a courtroom and someone who looks like the king, but he's got like feathers on him, like black feathers. And he looks at them with a scowl on his face. He says, your presence warms me, Daishan. Again, talking Mm to uh, Liam. And you, Moraine said "I So made a point of saying that he was introducing to both of them. This is a little bit different than what we're used to, right? We're used to people talking to Moraine and Land kind of being in the background. Mm-hmm. He actually got introduced first yep. before mm-hmm. Moraine. He this, might be a
0: little bit more important for some reason.
2: Seemingly, right? <laughs> um, what do we owe this pleasure, Moraine? I am here with a warning. Let me
0: guess! This
2: motherfucker <laughs> cutting off Moraine is a dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he is stupid. Um, and Moraine actually shows patience with him, though. Probably because it's his town. Um, so basically, the guy accuses her of only coming to tell him how to run a city. And in the process, accuses his sister of communicating with the Aes Sedai behind mm-hmm. his back. So we get a little bit of paranoia from mm-hmm. him there. Um, telling him how to control the Blight and the encroaching, encroaching trollic raids. Quote, I appreciate you making the trip to the Borderlands, but I fear you may have done so in vain. Lord Algamir, if you'll let me finish. Rain putting her foot down. Saying, I, uh, if you know. It doesn't matter what you think. Of <laughs> <laughs> she explains that she's not there to advise him. He should control his kingdom as he sees fit. She's only there with a warning. The Dark One has begun to use the ways to move his armies. So while it may while you may want to continue to guard the gap, it might be prudent to have a group of men, of the uh, group of men, wall up the Faldar and Waygate as well. So kind of funny though like cuz mm-hmm. she literally in the same thing says i'm just i'm not here to tell you what to do here's what you should do you should take <laughs> some guys and go wall like you know she immediately yep. tells him what to do yeah. but the guy doesn't call her out for it he seems a little bit shaken by this idea that they're they're using the waygate to mm-hmm. to move yeah. the dark ones army so he just says do as she says like he just backs off of it and says let's do it yeah so yeah. she
0: says i'm not here to tell you how to run your city like or protect against the blight but there are things that I'm going to tell you. What there do.
3: is something that you need to know, exactly, because this could be a huge problem for you if they come from city. She does kind of Vegas tell him what city. to do, yeah, yeah.
0: but he takes
2: it. <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, yeah. I think that the the fact that, like, we established that this guy does not like being told what to do. Yeah, he yes. jump street. But this idea that the Dark One is using the way gate or the the ways to move his army yeah. freaks him out, and it seems like a common purpose that they now have to be scared right. of yeah. that yeah. happening.
0: And so, what I'll say is. Um, and we kind of get this, but it, it's a little hard to piece together is that the Waygate is basically behind this Fort City and, and the the, and it, the army of darkness and, and Trollocs and, and the blight is on the other side. And so she basically just told him like, hey, like your back is exposed right now. And yep. so,
2: yep. He then susses out that he, after he says, do as she says, he then susses out that he offended her. Um, I don't know how he could have told because Moraine's face stays exactly the same this entire <laughs> thing. Um, maybe it's a little bit of projection. He says we have a long history of standing together with the Ice Sedai, the White Tower. That will not change. Quote: While the Black Hawk still flies. I think he's talked about himself in third person. Yeah, yeah. Douche, well, well, douche. well, black mamba situation. Douche, yeah, it's a little Kobe with black. <laughs> I mean, mamba he's
3: so, talking about his banner. Right. Yeah.
0: So it, it's. Like but he Marvel. looks like he's dressed like a black hawk. Yeah. yeah. So so he is the physical is a representation Lord of that. Nation basically, I
3: think he's earned the right to say he's the black hawk
0: I i do believe that.
2: My, <laughs> my issue is that he's talking in third person. Well, so that's so, that's douchey no matter who you are. Well, I think
0: okay. he, Lee, Lee doesn't like I'm gonna, when people talk yeah, in third yeah, person. I, I don't <laughs> think he's he
2: yeah. gonna be like, I'm gonna
3: call you up the next <laughs> yeah. time you talk uh, about yourself in third person.
0: So I don't think he's referring per se to himself, but but it, I didn't feel like I was going out on a ledge to say
2: this guy was a douche. Am I far out here? He seems to establish himself as sort of being a jackass. I mean... A little bit.
3: A little bit. And I think we get a little bit of that from his sister as well. But he's also
2: sister pretty reasonable. She's so weak. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a full sister. She doesn't even use the one well. Uh, <laughs> she sucks.
3: But She's but like he does queen. have this, like, reasonable response to her. And, and is like, oh, all right, we'll do what you said.
2: It does. So it seems to me, like, let me see if I have a right read on this character. He seems um, very proud, yeah, and he doesn't want to be told what to do. But he also really does cherish the connection with the White Tower and the Aes Sedai, so he really doesn't want to break that. And so while he comes out hot, he does back up and say, "Well, we do want to, you know, keep this alliance together."
1: And he is really motivated by um, protecting, the city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Lee's going to continue now. Cut <laughs> uh, to the Waygate, and we see someone walk out of the Waygate. Sarah and I sitting there go, "Oh my God, it's Matt! Oh my God, it's Matt! Oh my, <laughs> oh my God, it's Matt! Things. It ain't Matt, ladies and really? gentlemen." Really, I, I
0: feel like the coat was such a quick giveaway. It just looked like Matt to me. Uh, yeah, it
2: looked oh, okay. like Matt yeah. to us. I mean, she she was knitting and I was playing on my phone, but we thought it was <laughs> Matt. Have
3: reasons to be like, "Oh yeah." Um,
2: it was pot and fame, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what we see. So,
3: when did you realize that it was pot and fame and not Matt?
2: I'll get to that point. <laughs> um, oh dear. Yeah, it, it wasn't here. Uh, Moraine is taken to her room by the sister of the black Hawk. Do you Know her name? Amalisa. Amalisa. Amalisa? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to attempt to say that going forward in the recap. I will mess that up. Moraine asks if uh, the seer is still in town. Moraine says, "I'd like to see her." Amalisa says, uh, "Why bother? Uh, she doesn't. You know, why would you even want to see her anyway?" And um, Maureen's like, well, why not? And then the, uh, the Amelisa says, yeah, I agree with you. My brother doesn't believe with you. And then Maureen, boom, boom, body shot right there, says, well, why ask her a question when you know all the answers anyway? So, <laughs>
0: snap. <laughs> um, so what we do get is uh, Maureen m- name drops the seer before, and, and Amelisa refers to it as the seer. Um, it's super quick, and you... This is super frustrating for the casual viewer, and, and I don't know why they're doing this so much in this show, is that you get a name, like, maybe once. Sometimes they're important, sometimes they're not, but, like, yeah. it's never really repeated. And so if you're not watching with captions, you might not know somebody's name. And I don't think that there's a good reason for this. Maybe they have, like, a decision, but Moraine says, I- I'm going to see Min. Then Amelisa responds, this year and continues. And so... We'll see what no. what they end up doing, why they're making these choices, but I think that it's harder to pick up on who people are because this is there are gonna be so many characters in the show and they're probably gonna be narrowing it they're going to be narrowing it down from the books, but it's still gonna be tough.
2: Well, they clearly want to keep the names. Yeah. They don't want to have people be nameless, right? Yeah. Um but I think in this scene to them it was more important that we know that she's a seer. So they wanted to drive that point home over and over again. But
0: we don't get later we don't get her name later when maureen's talking to anybody else. And so yeah, it's like Maureen
3: could have come up and been like, How are you doing, men? Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And then anyway.
2: Yeah. Um then Amelisa says, um if I were to ask you why you were in the ways, would you give me the courtesy of an answer? (laughs) <laughs> Maureen gives us a little background about her character. She goes, you know, you spent many years training at the White Tower, but <laughs> your power might not have been strong enough to join us. Whoop. Uh, Discreet as I may be. This is uh, Melissa talking back to her. Uh, Discreet as I may be, my ally- my allegiance lies with this city, not with the Emerald Sea. But as she says that, she's like looking around as to who might be listening. Maybe that's, Maybe that's genuine. But I took it as she always felt like she was being listened to. That's what it seemed like to me. Marine uh, Moraine then says, look, I need a message delivered to the tower. Oh, what, what a fucking oh my god. There's a man they must find, a boy really, Matt Cawthon. She asks, who should say We should, should who should I send a message to, Moraine? The red Aja.
1: Ah! Moraine
2: just
0: went yeah. fuck, fuck Matt here's a shotgun like <laughs> yeah
2: oh my god in, uh, in the, the, the pod I do with the Spencer review succession we have to have breaks where we just scream um, this seems like one of them oh my god so basically Moraine has flipped so much on Matt I'm getting nothing from Bree Bree you think this is like no big deal like <laughs> I'm just really entertained is a hu- by this. This is a huge deal, right? Because she's flipped on him so much that she's sending the Red Haja
0: after him. So she wants to channel this motherfucker? Like, what?
1: Gentle the mother, fucker. Gentle. Yeah. yeah.
0: Matt, yes. g- gentle? So, so he can't channel? I, I think that there are a lot of things going on here and, like, who she, she's to, choosing to do what. Um, I think she might know that Matt can't channel um, and is, A, making sure that they will track him down and B, setting them up for failure because one of their big things is tracking down men who channel, but Matt has, like, other things going around him.
2: Do we know Matt can't channel?
0: Uh, I th- I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other whether Matt can channel. I think uh, Moraine he doesn't think that he can channel. <laughs> he kind of did. Uh, I and don't,
3: remember uh, that Maureen always has many more plans than we ever see, so I, I would not be surprised if she pulls something out of her hat that's something suck. like setting the... Red Aja up to
2: you Stubble. Guys, you guys suck. Look, <laughs> that, that we should have been. Look, this we're a court. No, this is a. No, you, this <laughs> is, a, this, is this is a. Y'all like you're probably right. <laughs> you know, like okay, like but let, but that's not the point. The point is, it's supposed to be like a oh shit moment that she's now got her sights set on Matt in yeah. a way that we did not know she was doing. Yeah, no, uh, no the, the, the idea that she probably could be setting up the Red Aja for failure if he can't channel, and that she's probably got some other things going on. I'm sure that's on. This is so, our right.
0: response to the ocean. Oh, it's like, what is she wait a minute. Alright, so these are the things that she could she be has doing. To have a reason she's for like this. she's gotta have a reason. She like, she's not gonna be supporting the red Aja just for absolutely no reason.
2: I don't think she's supporting them. I thought she was I thought she was using the, like they were nothing more than muscle to accomplish what she wanted, right? Which is to yeah. absolutely neutralize Matt.
3: Which I do think it's interesting because okay, so Lee, you know, thinking about if if she thinks that Matt can channel or that there's a possibility she then has decided that even if he can channel, even if he's the dragon, he needs to be gentle.
0: So that actually might be a much better explanation because it's just like, oh, oh shit! If he's the dragon, we need like to, he can't like, be he allowed can't to be allowed to go over to the shadow. Like yes. your your sort of mm-hmm. nomination of mm-hmm. the episode. Certainly so not. How like, like, right, well if it's not one of these? Like we need to take him out of the equation immediately. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was a it was a heck of a, a mic drop because it you know they, they it was obvious the show wanted that to be a big moment because they build up to it. There's music behind it and mm-hmm. then smash yeah. cut the scene yeah. after she says it. Cut to the city. Marine is walking through. Got to say, Marine, um, obviously a beautiful woman, but she looks disheveled, mm-hmm. frustrated doesn't look herself like they, they you know it's interesting how you, you mentioned that they might be at least in some way shooting these these scene, these episodes like concurrently right like back to back it's not common for shows if they are doing that it set her up to act this really well because it does seem like she, her frustration and general level of just being sort of disheveled and out of it is kind of like yeah. increasing as we go along this journey and uh,
0: like this is something that, that I'd really like to go back and watch because I have a feeling that she wasn't disheveled when she's talking to Amelisa and this is sort of out of sync because they had to like explain what's going on with Matt and what should have followed in some ways is like coming into the city when she's disheveled from the ways to walking in the city and go like, and ha- having those be together because yeah. like oh, her yeah. hair looks mm-hmm. kind of like it did mm-hmm. when she came out of the way. So, mm-hmm. um, or maybe she just sort of like yeah. lip, lip,
2: lip, slipped mm-hmm. it back before she I'm doing hand gestures yeah. slipped it back before she walked into the bar but anyway Aguin and Matt are in tow um, Aguin smiles at Moraine while Rand seems completely irritated um, no it's not Aguin and Matt it's Aguin and Rand are in tow yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aguin smiles at Moraine uh, while Rand seems completely irritated Aguin tries to tell him that he should ignore whatever he heard in, heard in the wind none of it is true none of it <laughs> nah <laughs> nah I doubt that I think a lot of it <laughs> is true Perrin then whoop he thinks he sees Padme walk by, um, I mean,
3: and Padme laughs. I think yeah. you're.
2: Yeah, I think. I think for a casual viewer, they're gonna go, "Oh, did he? Did he not?" I mean, but you can, if you want to, stop it, mm-hmm. pause it, which we did. And he does see him. Yes, and he is yeah. very and clearly there, there if you yeah. want to do that. It, you know, it depends on how you want to watch it, right? Because I mean, you could you could just watch it and it kind of be left in the dark a little bit as mm-hmm. to if he saw him. I think that's an okay viewing experience. too. Yeah. but you can stop it and see him if you want mm-hmm. to. And you do because we 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 stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to convince him that Podman and is dead. Um, Perrin uh, says their time at Two Rivers seemed like a different life. That's so I,
0: you're going to go with your uh, what exposition on the dude in front of the horse now. No.
2: Okay. Oh my (laughs) God. Um,
3: But it it is interesting that, you know, Nynaeve's like, well, you know, he he was there at Beltine when the Trollocs attacked, so he's dead. And it's like, well, hold up you guys aren't yeah. dead. Everybody like, thought you, and Nynaeve, you, you specifically,
1: everybody thought was dead. Yeah. That's a so
3: like, point unless you assume? saw his yeah. body, you can't assume yeah. that. Nineveh. Well, it's Nynaeve's yeah. ego,
2: right? Yeah. She thinks like, yeah. well, I could have survived it, but there's no way he could have done what I did. Yeah,
0: right. So partially to see on Fain and to make sure that he was there, we watched this scene probably like 10 or 15 times. Um, <laughs> and what came out of this was not on Fain. It was how like the... The dudes were taking care of the horses and yeah, kind of like, you so know, the it. setup of, and, and so, you know. Do we have a pita violation? Do we need well, do we need no, a no, Os? no, There's Cease There's a assist. cart
3: horse in the background that some dude is helping harness up. And basically he does the same motion like three times in the background as each of our characters walk past. Mm-hmm. So they're just not doing a very good job of like making sure that their extras are...
0: Are are doing appropriate horse care and
3: continuing <laughs> no. on from like the harnessing yeah. to the like, you know brushing <laughs> so, them down. But we like, also like, saw this you know. with the tinkers, where there was a couple of scenes where one wagon goes by as they're talking, mm-hmm. and then you get the next like cut to somebody but else they, talking. They don't the have same a crazy
0: horse or making. Sh- Doing their continuity, no, they have it, like normal people doing their continuity. Okay,
1: they're not being very good at following some of those small details. This, this was, this is the expert consulting that
2: we really well, need. On the, the show. Well, the exactly. aren't going to take care of anything. Like we can, we can move that up. But <laughs> uh, like these people, I agree, they probably should have been taking care of the horse. I like that. I like that. Breakdown. They're
3: taking care of the horse. The horse not- <laughs> is fine. It's just literally he like moves from one side to the front of the horse, and he does that movement three times. In the three flashbacks that you we just see.
0: don't have to do that, if you're harnessing up a horse, you just go from one side to the other. <laughs> is that, that your brief voice? Yes, yeah,
3: true. <laughs> yeah, apparently.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's your brief voice. Okay, <laughs> little, little, little
2: insight into the household here. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know, man. I think that a couple things happen here. Is one is we now figure out this Pod and Fane thing. Like, are a casual viewer, I think that it, it, he's so in the background, literally, but also mm-hmm. like, time into the plot. Now they are firmly telling you you need to start paying attention to when yes. this guy is around. Yes. It's mm-hmm. important that yes. he's following them.
3: Did you guys catch him in the ways? Like just, in the ways?
2: No, I just heard a whistling. I didn't see him. Yeah. The There's there a, a lightning flash. flash. And, and he's standing. standing there. So you yeah. can
3: actually see yeah.
2: Him. yeah. Wow, that's a lot of breadcrumbs they're giving us. Now, it seems to me that when Moraine or Egwene tap into the one power, everybody goes, okay, we got to trust them. They've got the one power stuff, right? It's high time we start trusting Perrin. Because he's got some sort of special skill, too. He can see, he can hear, he can feel things. I mean,
3: everybody can see and
2: hear. I'm not Except done. Except can At a higher level that they can. And it's <laughs> mm-hmm. very clear, right? Like, I just don't understand why everybody's still going, oh, well, that's kind of weird that you saw that. Like, Probably can see better than you. How that. many damn times does it take for him to eagle out yeah, something oh, before they stop and go, you know what? We should trust his vision.
0: I think it's well, also like fair. they don't get it. Like, it's just like, well, that didn't make sense. And, and, and so it's... He's doing things that people don't expect, and we haven't had confirmation by the same person.
1: I also think that it is, like, a little bit of the fallacy of just, like, how everybody feels about Perrin in Mm -hmm. the world anyway. I mean, we get a lot of evidence from all of the people around him that they're like, well, I mean, mean, Perrin. We we like the guy, but he's... He's sort of an oaf, like
2: he doesn't. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. say this. I really like Perrin, and I think that he he's moved vaulted up my personal power rankings. And I think I'm not saying Is that...
3: Is this the new. Instead of dragon power ranking, yes. yeah, rankings. I do yeah. <laughs> this on all the other yeah. pods. I so yeah. Moraine is just like by far and away at the top, yeah. yeah she's well, perpetual so number one.
0: We can do this instead. This is this is not the most interesting character, almost by definition, it's not going to be the most interesting character. Like, yeah, but least least you, least I like the most yeah. Um, yeah, Anywhere.
2: I can, I can but, certainly yeah. do that, but my point is is that, like, I think that he clearly has a, a skill that's kind of separate from this, it's something different, sure. yeah. And I, I think we're starting to get to a point where. It's like becoming obvious with the clues he's giving them, and we are leading to a discussion. I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll be next episode or next season, but at some point, someone's going to stop and say, what the fuck is going on with you, dude? You see everything, like, and you talk to the wolves. Well, like, we, let's we do, have a conversation. We do get yeah. a little
0: yeah. bit of that. So we, we get a, a, tit, a tidbit later where I think Moraine's going to come back to this at some point. Maybe.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, so cut to uh, Moraine walking in, and she sees a bartender. At the, This this is the seer. What's the name? Min. Min. Min? M-I-N. Okay, great. Uh, cut to, I can remember man. that one. Cut to the gang okay. having a drink, no, 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 no. and Heron is trying to explain to Grand what vegetarianism is. It's vegetarianism, <laughs> really. He's uh, Rand is like, so no chicken? You know, people do this with no vegetarians. Fish? Veg-
1: I I've yeah, spent sure. many years of my life as a vegetarian, and I've had this conversation more times than <laughs> I can count. I tried
2: to eat vegetarian for a while, and my dad sat and grilled me one night, and he's like, all right, but what about, like, beef? And what about <laughs> chicken? No, nah, but... What, but chickens are stupid. Why would you not eat? Like, he
0: was doing <laughs> that thing.
2: And this is kind of what, in a very short order, what Rand is doing. At, and then... Um,
0: Which is kind of funny because, like, Perrin was not wolfing down that that uh, turnip stew or a turnip curry. So, no. you know, it's interesting that he's espousing it now. But he, he
2: tries to explain... But we do get an explanation, Because he tries to explain that the way of the leaf is simple, do no violence. If the whole world followed it, we'd be a whole lot better off. So he was clearly impacted by his time with the Tinkers, right? We, we're, we're, yeah. we're making light yeah. of it, but he, he seems to want to at least hold on to some of the philosophies that he learned by the twinkers which i think is really important and hopefully we see more of that rand does make the joke that if the whole world would be a whole lot better off um if we followed uh this this sort of guidance rand would not or, or fish would not uh <laughs> not fish so it seems like he's not necessarily vegan he's <laughs> like maybe pescatarian they still eat fish i don't know still trying Sarah, to, do you that
1: want to weigh on on this <laughs> i don't yeah
0: I, I, you know no <laughs> I don't. have the leaf is just. I, yeah. I, I think Parent's barking up the wrong tree.
2: I think I think we're all like like laughing about the scene, and maybe you should right. And I, I did start with the joke about like how people make fun yeah. of vegetarians, but I think the fact that he's holding on to something yeah. about the tinkers yeah. is yeah. something yeah. that we need to remember yeah. about yeah. Parent.
1: Yeah. I also
3: like that you know clearly this this shows it's just this little snip, snippet, but it shows that these people are talking about their travels that mm-hmm. they have, oh, that's a good and point. so it's a nice little like.
0: These a people little bit are of a actually bonding. friends yeah. and talk to each other. And they talk to each other Except, about yeah. what their travels were. Yeah.
2: Except Aguina, Matt. She doesn't like him at all. She's a totally <laughs> to The gang wonders what Marine's doing at the bar. Um, she asks for any bar. So Moraine then asks the bartender for any details she can give her. Uh, the bartender, Min, says uh, that is quite invasive. She asks if the others know what she is. If others knew what you were, you'd be hounded every minute of the day. And mm-hmm. Moraine attempts a smile. I don't know if you guys caught the smile <laughs> that she gives. It is forced. My God. I paused it and took a picture of him and tweeted it out on our, uh, Mango Talk Twitter account. it is so forced. I love this actress because like she's able to play someone playing play. something. Yeah. 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 It's like mm-hmm. be Moraine, but be Moraine trying to be nice. And it like a C. She <laughs> and can, it play can play a character like, yeah, forced. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. great. Right. Um, this Min starts, well, the big broody, when rain cuts her off, they're both big and they both brood. <laughs> well, I love that. She says, parent. Uh, here it is. Parent has yellow eyes, blood running down his chin. He's something different. They're going to explain it at some point, but he's like a, he's like a warg. He's a wolf person. He's a werewolf. I don't know what he is, but he's something different than the rest of these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the redhead is rocking a baby. That's Rand. He's rocking a baby. Marine, who's a baby? Good. great question what the fuck Who's the baby no idea looks like any other baby men is funny babies look like babies I don't know what to tell you and the girls white flame and a ring of gold alright I'm gonna pause with that I don't know what that means I sense it's very important um, You're not watch wrong.
3: and find out <laughs> yeah
2: and, she, and then she says but they're all linked all four of them Moraine's like is that unusual she says very she says, there are sparks trying to fill the shadows, and the shadows are trying to swallow the sparks. For what it's worth, they are all very clear visions. Usually, the more important someone is in a pattern, the clearer the vision. That's a lot we're getting, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. there's this
3: big info dump.
2: symbols, imagery, probably lore from the book, stuff we don't understand yep. yet that yep. we will understand later, but also the fact that, like... Simply because she can see her vision strongly in these four people, they are very important to the weaving right? yep. of the world. Moraine, um, is any any vision particularly stronger than the others? I like how she works that question in? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> Damn! Thought we were going <laughs> to we figure out who the dragon was in this scene. Um, notice that the lady men just pounds drinks the whole time. Sarah and I had a conversation about this. We were thinking, you know, if you if you really did every time you looked at somebody, you saw their future. You probably would want to be pretty yeah. drunk most of the day. Like yeah. you would want to be like you would want to dull that as much as you could. It makes sense that she's just hammering shots. It's yeah. pretty rough.
0: And yeah, mm-hmm. not they, a great life. They do a good job of portraying that this isn't fun. No. Like this thing no. that she does. This isn't like no. you know something that she enjoys. Um, and I think that they really carry that through. Uh, there's a thread in the books that like talking a little bit about that. But I think they do a good job of, of really.
3: Setting that up immediately.
0: And yeah, yeah, this was something that a lot of people were worried about because um, we expected this character a little bit earlier. But I like where they put it and how they put it.
2: And they're doing something here that I think, uh, kill me for the comparison if you want, but I feel like it's done very, very well in Harry Potter. Which is, you get introduced to a character that has an attribute. That character Mm -hmm. is important for that particular moment of the plot but the but you now know that that type of character exists in the world like okay here's dobby he's an house elf now you know what house elves are like this is important because it's like yeah this lady's important to tell moraine some information about these individuals in this moment but now we know what seers are so that might come up later again in the the, the, the show anyway um it's just a means of creating we'll the, creating the world via the plot two birds one stone situation yeah. mm-hmm. Um, cuts the kids at the table talking with Nynaeve sort of standing over Maureen walks in Uh, this this is not the table at the um, bar this is a different like they're sort of living quarters back at the Mm -hmm. castle or whatever Maureen walks in and says we leave at sunrise another order I think we're up (laughs) to three orders now Rand asked who the bartender was quote a woman I've known since I was young not really answering the question Nynaeve stop lying to us Maureen you forget girl I cannot lie. I don't know that they like each other that much. <laughs>
0: not so much. I don't since, think Moraine likes her. to Be honest right. with you. So Moraine has known Min since she was since Min was young. Not th- Moraine was young. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. I've known since yeah. I've known since she was young. Yeah. Okay. Um, whatever.
2: Whatever. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> that's you know. yeah. Point is, she gives a minor detail a about the, about the girl and doesn't answer who she is, which Nynaeve calls out. And Moraine is sick of Nynaeve's shit and says, "I can't lie, no matter how much I wish I could." Moraine then says, All right, fuck it. She sees glimpses of the pattern in the future, and I was hoping she'd tell me which one to use the dragon so I could save the rest of you. I don't want you to die, any of you. But whichever of one of you goes to the Eye of the World and is not the dragon, you will die there. Interesting, right? Because last episode, it seemed like mm-hmm. she was leaning on Swan Sanchez's interpretation of the situation, which was you can't know for certain what will happen to the yeah. ones who are not the dragon who go to the Eye of the World. Moraine is now back to her original position, which is, if I take you there and you're not the dragon, you're going to die, and she's sharing that with them.
0: Also, maybe she thinks that they'll probably die, but also she now knows that they're all important, which she may not have really known before this viewing. I
2: feel like she definitely knew that, otherwise she wouldn't be carting all four of them through the ways.
3: Well, but but I don't think that she wants... Like, before she was kind of okay with, if they die, they die, and now she's like... If, if they're all really important, like, I can't, can't just right. lead them to their Oh, life. that's so a good Like, point. each okay, of yeah, So, yeah,
0: there was a possibility that each was a dragon or, like, one of them was a dragon or whatever. And so one of them was It's so like, if we lose yeah. the rest, like, I'd prefer they not, but, like... But now it's like, oh, okay, they're really important for the future.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's a really... Um... Cynical interpretation of what Miranda's saying here because you're basically saying that she she didn't care as much about them mm-hmm. as she's professing to now before she did, and that, that really her concern is related to their importance to the weaving of the pattern, not the fact that she doesn't want these kids so, to die. And I'm not sure that I agree with that. But the I other mean, it's, way, like, it's interesting. I just Li, I Here,
3: I'll, I'll help you. Is the other way you could read this is she has taken the words of Makan Shin and, and internalized them a little bit, where, you know, you will kill these children and call it heroism mm-hmm. or murder these children. Yeah. And so she's feeling Her. a little guilty about that, right? Very and so she's true. like, yeah. if, I, if there's any way I cannot have them all go with me, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Um, she says, whoever goes to the eye of the world is not the dragon will die. You will die there, ground to dust between two forces of nature. The queen, well, which one is it? Come on. <laughs> Edge of our seat. Moraine, she didn't know. Oh. Moraine says, so I'm taking all of you. Perrin. Uh, talking for everybody. How can you be so sure? What if Matt's the dragon, or what if... What if we survive? How does she know all this shit? Basically, fair questions from Perrin. Moraine. It's easy to use doubt as a crutch, but doubt is the first step towards surrender to the dark. Well established Moraine fan sitting over here. Mm-hmm. Lee, number one, number one fan of Moraine. This is a bullshit line. I don't like this idea. <laughs> this, yep. you, this, this, this is like totalitarian, right? This is
0: like this feels a little you, you, Jedi.
2: You can't no. The Jedi are all about questioning things. This, this is this is this is like you can't doubt what I'm telling you. And if because if you do, then you're just gonna you're just gonna go and be bad. Like this seems very like controlling.
0: Is what it felt. I guess like. this this sort of reminded me of the fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate thing uh, that that we got with the Jedi. That's a little bit you know. Totalitarianist in in, in yeah I guess I guess, yeah.
2: I guess maybe yeah um, I mean it, that 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 to me felt more of um, a Jedi does internal work to control their yeah. emotions um, as opposed to this which is you doubt me you you doubting me as a crutch and that's going to lead you to the to the dark side like that's like come I on I don't think they, they can have healthy doubt
0: them but. doubting Moraine it's them doubting that like this is necessary like you know that that they need to do this to oppose the dark one. And it's just like, you know, what can we do? Like, that's not as tough. I think that think the so. other,
1: yeah. the other valence that's going on here is like, I think that Moraine is sort of saying both of those things, but we just talked about how she might be internalizing what said, yeah. Shen said, that I think she's talking to herself here as well. Yeah. If yeah. I start to doubt, we're Everything's really Everything's going to Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Maybe. So yeah. Yeah. do you think, Egwene thinks that she's the dragon in this scene, and yeah. that's why she's asking.
2: Yeah. Okay. I do. I still think she thinks that. Marine says she didn't choose this path for herself any more than they did, but you will follow, or I will follow, Marine. I will follow because I must. Because I know what is right. Nynaeve says, well, you made your choice. We'll make our own. Powerful as you are. I don't think you can drag the four of us there against our will. Pausing the podcast, I want to have a conversation about this. <laughs> do we think Moraine can drag all four of them? It's just an interesting thought experiment here uh, based on what we know of the powers in the show. Nynaeve, wonder, Nynaeve clearly doesn't think so. Um, later on, it seems as though Lan and Moraine think that maybe she can mm-hmm. in the conversation mm-hmm. they have. So I'm wondering what what, what the panel thinks. Do we, I'm going to go round robin. Do we think that Moraine, if... Push comes to shove, could drag the four of them to the eye of the world. Sarah?
1: The only, I think that yes, 90% of the time that she could do it. I think my question is, I don't quite know how much Nynaeve can control her power surges. It's a little unclear because at this point she's only really been able to do them in extreme emotional distress. I don't know if this moment would warrant that. Would her. it would it would be acute enough to get her there, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that she can call on it at will, really. Yep. Um So you're giving us
2: a non uh, yes. answer here. I answer. Yes. It's not a yes
1: I've or not enough. lied. <laughs> it's not a yes non find note. the lie <laughs> So you're
0: saying probably unless nine freaks out. Yes. Okay, BJ? I'm gonna say no. Um I think that there are very few scenes that we've had so far where moraines really handling more than like one or two bodies at the mm. same time unless it's just like a, a like complete area of effect thing um so in the uh battle of the two rivers there was a lot of like do one thing then the next then the next there wasn't a whole lot of like gather up all of the trollocs and hold them at the same time i think that
2: unless the, except the last thing that she did with a one big blast but it wasn't controlling them
0: physically or something but but it was like stone after stone after stone it like or sort of like at the same time, but again, um, wasn't holding them. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, with Lance help, she probably maybe could drag all of them. But it, again, it's kicking and screaming, so that's probably not how you want to go through the blight. Can Pre- you? Do you think she could right. take them through the blight?
3: So i I'm going to say only if she is able to get the jump on them, and let's say she, you know, binds them up while they're sleeping, drugs them. And then drags them to the blade.
2: That was my thought, mm-hmm. is that she doesn't have to use her one power to get Perrin and maybe a there.
0: A gonna go there no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah, Perrin, I think Egwene
3: could help her. Because Land
2: could take Perrin there, right? So. Um, Land could take 90. My thought is that. My thought is that the thing that they were doing to Loghain. Yeah, what is that where they they put the, the shielding? The shield yeah. she could shield Nine and even take her there. Mm-hmm. That was my yeah. thought. So I agree, fair, yeah. Bri, yeah. right, like, I agree most with Bree. Not that I'm right, but I agree most with Bree that like mm-hmm. um, that it, she needed to jump on her probably to do it.
3: And I think you know the uh, maybe minor spoilers, but I think this is the only time in the entire series where Maureen has a chance of being able to take all four of them. Yeah, I mean, I know they're going to get
2: more that. powerful. I don't think that's that's much yeah. of a confusion. That was or, sort of or, my... Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Moraine, running, hiding won't save you from the weaving of the pattern. Make your decisions tonight. We leave at dawn. Another potential line of the episode and also another command from Moraine. I think we're up to four now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand, nothing Anais Sedai says is optional. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, this lady, man. She doesn't give us a lot of choices. Um, statements and demands. That's all she's in the business of. She'll force us if she wants. Nynaeve, let her try. Woo! Aguain, we left two rivers to protect the people we love, our families, and that is what we're still doing, no matter the cost. Nynaeve says, do you believe Moraine? Basically, why do you believe everything she says, this entire prophecy, this entire thing, this whole concept that one of us is the dragon, we're going to the eye of the world, we're going to defeat the Dark One, etc. It all comes from her. Like, this is kind of the conversation we were having earlier, Mm -hmm. where I was like... You know, like this idea of like doubt, and like mm-hmm. if you doubt it, then then you're somehow like showing weakness that well the dark side will exploit or whatever the dark one will e- exploit. Like it is still all coming from her, so yeah, okay. it is still kind of like doubting Moraine is is doubting your place in the weaving of the pattern at this moment. Maybe they'll get some external evidence at some point, but right now it's still all coming from her, which I think is a very fair point from Nynaeve. Um Agwen then points out she can't lie. Starting to take Moraine's back and Rand says, that doesn't mean she can't mislead. Again, Ran just crushing it this episode, making great points. Nynaeve says, There's another option here, and that is that Moraine could be flatly wrong. Like not that she's
0: lying or misleading. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's bright and she's wrong. That's yeah. the second most exciting thing in, in Nynaeve's world. Yeah, Moraine <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Land one, Moraine sucks too.
2: <laughs> there you go. Um here comes a potential line of the episode from Aguiñ. I don't give Aguiñ a lot of props normally in my recap, but I really like where she what she does here and how she steps up. I'm not doing this because I'm convinced she knows exactly what she's talking about. I want to go to the eye of the world because if there's even a chance she's right, then it's worth it. You're a wisdom, to If Maureen wasn't part of this, you wouldn't think twice. You'd do it. Don't let your pride uh, prevent you from doing what is right. So... Really powerful there from a queen calling yeah. out Nynaeve. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you go back to the first episode, Nynaeve was more of a teacher to a queen. Yes.
4: Right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really kind of stepping up into her own and, and challenging Nynaeve a little bit. And Nynaeve takes it, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve typically strong jawed, don't question me, I'll punch you in the face, Like just like <laughs> bubbling anger all the time. Mm-hmm. But when she talks to a it's very different. A can get to her and, and actually make points to her. And you see that Nynaeve, like, Nynaeve takes it. She like crosses her arms and turns and gets contemplative. So um, very interesting back and forth there.
0: Also really good that you noticed the crossing her arms. That is a uh, Nynaeve trope um, uh, among other people, but Nynaeve is is very well known for that.
2: For crossing her arms? Mm.
3: Yep. Uh, (laughs) Underneath her bosom. uh, Perrin still... That's what it says in the book. Oh yeah. Yeah. Arms crossed under the bosom. So much arm crossing under the
2: bosom. Robert Jordan talked about bosoms a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's unfortunate. Uh, (laughs) Perrin still wants to know... What if we're throwing our wives away for nothing? What if none of us are the dragon? What if it's Matt? Egwene, come on. <laughs> come
3: on. We all know it's me. Come on. Come on.
2: <laughs> her confidence that it's her is hilarious. You know, she is the she's the ball player that like is like you know like in the in the dream team, right? Um, Jordan was checking into the hotel in Barcelona, and a reporter said, "Hey, look, a lot of talent on this team." Last five seconds to go, you're down one. Who takes the shot? He stopped laughed, and said, that's a stupid question. Me. Like, I feel like a queen has that level of confidence, but she's Charles Barkley. She doesn't know (laughs) that she's not Michael Jordan. Like, It's just fascinating to watch. Um, But Rand challenges her not on this concept that she's the dragon or whatever. He challenges her friendship with Matt and says, you never thought much of him, have you? Never gave him a chance. You never really got to know him. Basically, using almost like a classist type thing with her. Mm Saying, you think you're better than him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he doesn't have much, but what he has, he gives either to his sisters or his friends. He's better than you think he is, basically, is mm-hmm. what she does mm-hmm. um, when she challenges him. The only
3: uh, standing up for Matt we get in this episode. Everybody else is real down on him. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. me.
2: Um, <laughs> Nynaeve, he keeps saying, stop, stop, jumping in to try to stop them. McQueen says, um, well, he left us. Ran, whoo, pushes back and says, well, he probably went back to, uh, Ran pushes back and says, no, he didn't leave us. You don't believe that. And she says, Well, he probably went back to Tar-Valon for that bloody dagger. Damn, that's tough. Um, Aguin then yells, He left us, Rand. Well, I guess you're the expert on that, aren't you? Perrin, hulking up, mm. becoming green. Are <laughs> <laughs> you seeing him? Like, he starts, to, he starts to talk different when he gets mad. Like, there's yeah. something going on with this cat. Um, he says, You know, basically not liking what he heard. Um, Aguin says, What is that supposed to mean, Rand? You're the only one that's ever really left me. Parent, don't speak to her that way. <laughs> Ran, what? Parent, you owe her an apology. Parent seems like, again, like he's just, mm. you know, yeah. something is happening with him. Agui- or Eve, you will stop it. Uh-oh. Mm. I'm so sick of you two fighting over her like she's something you can win. So.
1: She said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say that.
3: <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Naive. So and you can see it in her face. She's like, oh. <laughs> I did not mean to actually. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah.
2: Rand just laughs and says this. It's been right right in front of me the whole time, and I never even noticed it. The day, this is really interesting backstory. Mm-hmm. The day you proposed to Layla was the day Egween and I got together. I'm not even going to save it for theory time. I think our boy Perrin was in line for Egween, and when Egween shacked up with Rand, he said, okay, second choice here, Layla. But I think that's what happened. Now I, I realize you guys probably don't have anything to say to that because Layla's not even a character in the book. But um, that's <laughs> she is, well, she's she's a very a very, very character. minor character, not married, book, to, that. not married no. to not married
0: to. But I, I think that the it's unclear if it was a, like how serious like it, Perrin was with Egwene like and you know how serious even in his head that he was mm-hmm. and you know this might have just been like a something that spurred him along. Um, but I mean it's definitely. And open a little bit of a, a sore spot.
2: I don't know. I think he... I, I mean, I did that when I was a kid. Like, I would be, like, trying to, like, get with some girl. And she's like, no, I actually choose Justin. And I'd be like, oh, well, I've liked Jamie all along. Like, <laughs> you know, you always do that hop and ship thing. Yeah. I think that's what he was doing. Um, Perrin then gets very self-conscious about this. The only woman I've ever loved was my wife. They get face-to-face. Ran doesn't seem too scared of Perrin here. And I think he probably should be. Ran is strong as shit. But, like, Perrin seems like he's... Really in another space here, um, but eventually Rand does back up and walks out. And naive, I didn't mean in. Ah, ah, I don't hear. It. Uh, Perrin then leaves, and naive is left there alone, almost crying, really affected. You know, you don't see a lot of scene. You see a lot of scenes from her where she's strong jawed, and angry. You don't see mm-hmm. a lot of scenes where she's emotional, and it seems like the mm-hmm. fact that she upset these kids really bothers her. Yeah, she like she's almost like a their warder man, and they they have they draw that yeah. parallel later. Yeah, but like. She seems so emotionally affected when they're not okay. Yeah. Like, it's not just a matter of protecting them physically. It's a matter of making sure they're happy.
0: We also see a lot more emotional brain from everybody yes. this uh, episode. And, and I think that's sort of maybe one of the reasons that, you know, spoiler, this is probably one of my favorite episodes. It's mm-hmm. probably my favorite episode so far. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, cut to Moraine. Uh, she's got PJs on. Uh, <laughs> Lan walks up to her and says, they'll come. Moraine willingly. Lan says, we gave them a semblance of a choice. Simblance.
1: That's all they were looking for.
2: So it could be read a couple mm-hmm. ways, right? That all we needed to do is give them a breadcrumb and they would come along, right? Or you can read it as, well, they don't really have a choice. Like mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. We, we, we gave them a semblance. We'll hog we'll, time we'll, and We'll take drag on. them if yeah. we need to, yeah. which goes yeah. back to our conversation. So I think Lan thinks that the, between the two of them, they could drag them there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that also Moraine realizes that she's not going to have to drag all four. She knows that Wayne's going to leave it the along. chance yes, to do absolutely. anything yeah. and Aaron will probably follow her and so at He's most it's like her, she has just... to deal with rand and naive yeah, yeah and
2: rand. and it, you know up until this point it seems like it would be easy to handle Rand, but yeah. <laughs> Woo, does that change um lan asks her what's wrong and marine says nothing nostalgia i suppose the air in these borderlands she says it reminds her of the night she met land land kind of cocks his head thinks land be a little spectrum here spectrum he's not participating in the conversation he's judging what is being said yeah. by the person talking to him as opposed to participating in it and says it's not like you it's unlike you to dwell on the past marine says she's feel then they have a very honest conversation marine says i feel like i've taken everything from you and more land finds that peculiar says you have taken nothing from me um she says there's more to life to me than the mission land potential line of the episode before you i had nothing to live for and nothing to die for you have given me both
0: uh, um pause I, I would say. In defense of land, I think that Moraine was going thinking about saying something else and decided on just going with nostalgia rather than like some of the things that she's I probably shouldn't describe
2: yeah. it as spectrumy, but it is something that people do. And you've done it sometimes, to me, BJ. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's like where you, you say something and then the person is thinking about what you said and comments on what you said, as opposed to reacting it's to an the analysis. substance of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what he's doing here. And maybe they're just so close that this is commonplace between the well, two of yeah. them.
3: And we have seen a similar scene to this, right? When when Lan has a drink, and Maureen gets yeah. a little emotional. like yeah. Yeah. there's there's yeah. It's a callback to that. Um,
2: I think, uh, so my, my perspective on this uh, is that they're not as close as a lot of the, um, the, the warders and Aes Sedai are, I don't think. It doesn't seem that way. I mean, like, what personally close? Like yeah. yeah. Or even, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe even Bonded is close. I mean, their dynamic is very different than what I was seeing with the other warder and Aes Sedai. And maybe that was just them, maybe that was just their thing, but I, I don't know. I, it just seems to me like what they have is a little peculiar. Um, and maybe not in, in co- like, common with the ice-to-die-water relationship. And we see that kind of play out toward the end of the episode. Well, does.
3: the other thing that it could be is that they have and had a very strong relationship, but now there's little fractures. Could be. Because mm-hmm. of Naive. Mm-hmm. Could be.
0: Among other things. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I think we get some of is Maureen's a little different just in general in terms of, like, how close, yeah, like, she different. holds her secrets. Mm-hmm. And so Which we got from the other Aes Sedai in their comments yeah, about right. her. Right, yeah. exactly. And so I think that in certain things, like Lan understands but is frustrated by she's not gonna tell him everything because of how worried she is about like her plans.
1: Well I also wouldn't just put this on on moraine either because they're both you said lee you said that their relationship was peculiar they're both fucking peculiar people in the right. world right, right. Yeah. because we got
2: we actually got sort they're of, both
1: strange
3: yeah
2: yeah we got some sort of parallel external validation of that in the camp right because all the ice and i were talking about moraine and some of the were as too as well about how distant she is mm-hmm. difficult to read just hard to deal with and we also got in the camp them talking about land mm-hmm. being right. like man he's a he's enough tough nut to crack
0: too so right. and I, I think that and What was the comment? Like what their dinner, their dinner (laughs) conversation is? One of the things that I didn't really think about before, but they sort of have really similar stories in terms of Lan is, and we'll get to this in a little bit in the recap, but a very singular person Mm -hmm. uh, as uh, an uncrowned king and like what, how he has lived his life. And Moraine is basically other than Swan, maybe like the only person on this quest, to find the dragon, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I think that they're used to being lonely, and they're they found each other, but they're still kind of lonely together. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Marine seems touched by what Lan said, and says, "There aren't there goodbyes you need to make in the city before we go." Lan goes to leave. Marine, I like her. You know the wisdom. No, <laughs> no, no, you <laughs> well, don't. It I has think... to be true
3: at some level. She.
2: No this is this, this is absolutely misleading. I think that she there's parts of her she likes that's how she was able to say it and get around the oath, yeah. but I think that ultimately what she's doing here and I'm very interested in you guys' opinion is she's giving him permission to to do the hookup that happens later. I think she's saying it's okay. I know you like her. I like her too run forth, go forth and conquer, good sir. <laughs> uh,
0: I think a little bit might be, like, I don't want you to have divided loyalties in terms of, like, I dislike her, and so if you're hanging out with her, that's a problem with me. Like, I, I'm... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I, th- I think it's sort of a, you don't need to go off the reservation to do this.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Like, it's like it's a permission-type mm-hmm. thing. So, what do you think, sir?
1: Oh, go for it. Well, um, so, I mean, I think that... I think that actually her saying, I like her, you know, the wisdom, um, is a little bit more true than you're portraying it. Sure. I I agree. I think that she genuinely does like her. I actually think that Moraine actually really likes Nynaeve. I think Nynaeve doesn't like Moraine. Yeah. And so there's a distance there that Moraine is kind of feeding off of that. But I think that Moraine actually really admires Nynaeve in a lot of ways. So
2: what, yeah, that that would be my question. And I I know I cut you off, I'm sorry, but what, my question would be, what does she like about Nynaeve? Nynaeve's given her nothing to like.
1: I mean, I think that she likes her, like her independence and her, I mean, I think that she, this sounds so corny, but like, I think that she likes her spirit. Okay.
3: Yeah. So that was, what I was going to say is, I think Maureen sees a lot of herself in Nynaeve. So that, that person that is willing to sacrifice anything for these people that she is herding along. Um, and Maureen has a lot of a lot of spiciness, a lot of anger in there, and she has really tamped down on it and, you know, covered it by the I said I training. And Nynaeve hasn't gotten there yet. But I think they are in in many ways similar people.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I think and we get a little bit of this with some of Moraine's uh, backstory and, and, and talking with other people, but I think that there is so much that Moraine sees in Nynaeve that is very similar to her in terms of strength of the one power. Um,
3: strength of will.
0: Strength of will. Like all of those things that it's just like, I, I like the person that she will become. Yeah. More than like maybe the person that... I think that Moraine doesn't love interacting with her now because she's difficult to deal with. She's not like following with like the hour uh, straight path that Moraine wants to go on, but she recognizes that like there's a lot of potential here and somebody that she will like who Moraine becomes, or who Nandi becomes. Yeah. So
3: the other thing that I'll say is I don't know, I didn't actually read it as giving her or giving him permission to go off and. Do a Nine eve conquest. I actually thought that it was more setting up. I think we've gotten a lot of sort of foreshadowing. I don't know if this will come true. In this turning of the wheel, um, is that Moraine is setting up for? She at least thinks that she's going to die at the Eye of the World as well, because anybody who co- goes, except for the Dragon Reborn, is going to die. Sure.
2: I mean, yeah. We, I mean, uh, and I, so
3: she's sort of being like, "Hey, like, if I'm not here." Nynaeve is... Yeah,
2: I mean, I think she's, it's obviously setting up for Moraine okay. to die. No, I mean, I say obviously, but in my mind, for Moraine to die and for him to bond to Nynaeve as Nynaeve becomes a nice to and then tend to to hook up. I, I, think, I think there's definitely a path there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's she, what I thought That, that could she be, was giving permission for. Could be, Could that very well could be, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I, th- I think that's, that's charged, right, what she says. Yeah. I, I like her, you know the wisdom. I think we're meant to have this conversation, which is really good. The only thing I did note, though, is that she certainly wasn't smiling when he left. Moraine still seemed a little like not distracted. happy and, and yeah. not yeah. happy when she when he left uh, we see Lan walking in an alley we see Nynaeva's following him
0: Oh, got <laughs> to
2: Lan showing up to greet like a family sad puppy dog uh, here's what I enjoy about this scene is that you see that like well you know all the um, orders at the camp talked about Lan like he was just cardboard right mm-hmm. he's not He's he can be warm like he sits yeah. down with his family and treats them like family he's like yeah 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 give me a bowl of soup like and he's making fun with the Trollocs with the girl and he's like he just seems like a normal dude, like, and it, he clearly has that gear. I'm not sure Moraine has that gear, right? Like, I, we've never seen it from Moraine. Uh, but this sort of like, I'm just a normal person here, um, interacting in a family. I thought it was just a very like interesting little snapshot into his
0: personality. I think that there are very few people that they can be normal with. I think the closest we get is with Swan for Moraine, and then Lan has yeah. his family.
2: Sure, she was Maybe it's how the actress is doing it, but even with Swan, it seemed like she was a little guarded. It's been yeah. two years. Yeah, been two years. Um, so Nynaeve's standing there looking. Um, we see, you know, like it's like a like from Lan, like he kind of cocks his head a little bit, and then wham, he's right there in front of her. Um, it's funny because, you know, they had this whole thing about how she was able to track him. And he's like, eh, Got your number I think now. you're following me. I can't, I don't think you can <laughs> rightly call this tracking. Uh, Lan sort of walks by her, and then he says, You're going to come in? And she smiles. He then introduces her to, quote, everyone. Um, A guy walks up, brings her in. Are you hungry, Nynaeve Sedai? Oh, no, I'm not a Sedai, but I will eat with you now. I think we all think she's going to be a a Sai Sedai. At some point, the guy whispers in the background, she's pretty. (laughs) I hadn't noticed. It's so funny. It's like whatever happens. Like like you bring your girlfriend to Thanksgiving and your aunt's in the corner, you know, she's really pretty and everybody can hear what she's saying. (laughs) It's exactly what's going on here. Um, uh, As she sits down, the guy says, thank you for keeping my Daishan safe and bringing him home to me. Um... That's when Lance starts messing around with the child about the Tralex. As they walk away, so they're done with dinner, they're done visiting with his family. Nynaeve says that he's good with the girl. He says, we always bring her gifts. Gotta say, just an aside, always bring kids gifts it's just an easy, cheap way to be in with the kids. Yep. Always mm-hmm. do it. What does it cost you? Five bucks for something? Just bring them something. Leave life lessons. Yep. Maybe, they, yeah, leave <laughs> life lessons. They can toss the toy at the end of the evening, but if you bring them something, they'll you're, remember you're, yep. that you brought something. Yeah. yeah, you're always the good guy. The parents love it too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they stop at the door on the way to their rooms. Uh, man, this is like so like Riverdale, right? Yeah. This is like <laughs> young teen drama where they're like right <laughs> in front of the okay. door it's like, okay, are we going to say goodnight? Are we going to lean in? Um, and finally, uh, um, Lan says goodnight, and he leaves her. And I
0: honestly thought that was the
2: end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, they fooled me.
0: So did I. Um, I'll, I will also say that uh, a non-obvious thing that they're both probably struggling—they're both probably struggling with re- this relationship for different reasons. Uh, Lan is a lot older than Nine-Yves. Um and like we know that from from show, like the show, like if you get some of the hints there. And yeah. Nynaeve is obviously, you know, fairly uncomfortable with, and we get a little bit more of this with Egwene later, but being wisdom and, and not being attached to a dude. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I posit, I wondered if she was a virgin here um, because of her, not, not because of how she acts with land. Mm-hmm. But because of her role in Two Rivers, I didn't think it would. She would be like really out on the town looking for guys, right? So I thought maybe this might be one of her first sexual interactions. Hard to tell, but um, very possibly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could. If it is, then it adds just even mm-hmm. more seriousness to yeah. it. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he says goodnight. He walks in. I also in.
3: like this. So their whole interaction between. Nynaeve and Lan when they're walking back, we get one of the first like real grins from Nynaeve that's just so genuine, and it was yeah. like I really liked that. It yeah. showed like her as a not angry person. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I um, will say that the actress who plays Nynaeve gets crushed like a lot of places. People are not happy with her performance. I feel like she had a kind of a, almost in the same way you were talking about Land, uh, Rand. Mm-hmm. I feel like she kind of had a breakout episode. She showed a yeah. little bit more depth yeah. to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she walks in and uh, Lan or Lan is taking his shirt off uh, and mm-hmm. a pause there going to ask uh, Brie and Sarah how does Lan look in this scene um, I'm going to it's
3: awkward but amazing I'm going to have to take an emotional laugh <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> that was my reaction to this scene I just
1: did an emotional laugh around the room
2: not a stitch of fat on that guy. good God, he's man he's in good shape isn't he? Um, Lan finally makes the move finally and uh, cuts the next morning Nineveh gets dressed fast boy she does <laughs> not she doesn't lay around. Um, that then we talked about the.
0: Uh, so it's not the next morning; good. it's still at night because yeah. she's dressed and and he, like there. There's a conversation. And he's like, "Come back to bed." At the end of it.
2: Okay. Well. Anyway, I, I got the feeling it was like when I'm saying next morning, I'm like two three o'clock in the morning. Okay. Sure. Yeah they're, yeah, yeah. they're they're blending into the night. Right. Like yeah. They're, yeah. they're right up yeah. very yeah. late. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, she does come back to bed because she doesn't get back to her bed. Uh, yeah. Until she it was by caught by a Green, which was very funny later. Um. Cuts a Rand uh, practicing his bow outside. And
0: I, I I thought the conversation between her and Lan happened here. Or was it later?
2: Yeah, so actually it
3: so they actually cut to black when Nynaeve comes in, they go to the bed or whatever, and then it cuts to Lan or to Rand with the bow. Okay, and yeah. then after that oh, we ran. get so the whole discussion yeah. between Nynaeve and Lan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, when we'll get there some breath.
2: Yeah. Cuts a Rand, he's practicing his bow outside. Uh, Edwin comes out and says, I waited in my room a whole hour for you to come and apologize. And Rand, Rand has a great quote here. I found through hard-won experience that when you're actually ready to talk, you'll find me. Um,
0: that makes her more angry, as it should, <laughs> I guess. I, it seems like he's just got a great read on her.
2: Uh, Rand, I'm sorry. I know there's nothing between you and Perrin. She says, of course there isn't. That And the jury has determined that is a lie. Um, but she says that that's not why she's mad, basically. She's mad about what he said about Matt and, and that she doesn't care about him. Okay. And she, she says, I would fight for Matt. I'd die for Matt. Uh, do we believe that? <clears throat> There's a no from a No from Sarah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm
3: going to say no on no this turning of the wheel.
2: No from mm-hmm. Bree and no from me. That's four no's on the would she die for Matt. Rand, I'm scared. Still him, I don't want to lose you. Aguin says, you won't. Aguin says, Moraine is wrong about one thing. We're all coming back. All of us. Damn it. Rand says, "Well, okay. Well, whatever happens um, at the Eye of the World, you can't ignore the power that you have." So basically, what he's telling her is like, "It's interesting, right?" Because he's kind of saying like, "Whatever happens over here with this Eye of the World thing, Mm -hmm. you got to go back to the White Tower and be nice to die." It's almost like he's already started thinking about what he's going to do later. Yeah. But he's already yeah. thinking you're not going to the eye of the world and yeah. what I yeah. need to do is tell you that even though you're not I don't want you to get discouraged I want you to go back to the white tower and become an die like you always wanted to do what you're going to be great at you should totally do
3: that yeah which I do think it's a little odd that he says like you've always wanted to be and it's like well she didn't even
1: really They've actually done a couple idea. of those like linguistic slippages in this episode right. specifically ba- like that are weird based on the timeline in which our characters right. have known each other and known some things about each other Nynaeve had one has one coming up I just
2: yeah, thought he was I, saying yeah. you've always we, wanted to tap into the one power and it was, it was through a, through the wisdom path yeah. and the two two rivers. But
0: I think there's that and I think it's you always wanted to be somebody important and powerful and, and this uh, that's what, what he means. means. I, I yeah. just think he didn't
1: say that. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And then, and you know, Rand says, basically, um, if you become a nice to die, I want to be your warder. Basically, you really think I'd let somebody else be your warder? Um, do <laughs> we think that's going to happen? Anyone? No, uh-uh. Uh, no he's the he's yeah anyway she says um, if it's you which she doesn't believe I will stand by you no matter what no matter what happens no matter what comes when she says this the actor who plays Rand so good on a rewatch this is an imminently rewatchable episode when mm-hmm. you know the information the reveal mm-hmm. because he looks all, like it looks like that it really hits him emotionally feels like a throwaway line from McQueen, mm-hmm. but for him he needed to hear that because you know obviously he knows what he is um Cuts a 90. She's all dressed. Lan wakes up. You're leaving? Why did he call you Daishan, she asked. Lan breathes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Uh, kind of a king. But it doesn't really matter because the Blight took over the, the kingdom, basically. <laughs> so the kingdom is called Malkir. Mm-hmm. And Lan was apparently going to be the king of Malkir. And the Blight took over. And uh, his family was slaughtered. They, they, the family that he just saw earlier that night and ate ramen with... Uh, they smuggled me out of the palace. uh, Nynaeve, and brought you here? And Lan nods. She sits down with him. You know, I never quite understood why you bonded yourself to Moraine. Moraine, Lan, and now you do. And she says, yeah, basically, I understand now. You're a king without a kingdom, a boy without a family, and now you belong to her. I gotta tell you, I would be a pretty good therapist. Like, she... Leanne just said this shit to Moraine. Mm -hmm. Like, exactly... Moraine was like, why, why?" you know, basically like, why do you want to be working with me? And he's like, because you gave me a purpose. And she sits down and sees right through it and says, I know why you're with her now. See, because you needed a purpose after what happened to you.
0: I mean, she's the healer for the town, so probably does more than just, uh, you know, giving herbs and setting bones. Yeah. Very I mean, I don't. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. she's pretty sharp, Cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all like sort of like saying, yeah, "Yeah, yeah," but I mean, that's that's kind of a big deal to nail yeah. that yeah. thing about yeah. two seconds so, yeah. after yeah. he said it. Right. Eh, good, good on her. I think we learned something about uh, Nynaeve there. Is mm-hmm. that you know her interpersonal skills might be a little bit better than I would have suspected. Mm-hmm. Um, land, she doesn't own me, Nynaeve. She doesn't land <laughs> only in the way those kids own you wisdom never weds land hey and he touches her face stay and she smiles so they're drawing the parallel there between her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she's not like technically bonded with the kids but like her like life's work or like commitment at this point in her life is to keep those kids safe is the same way that land's like yeah my life's work is to to keep Maria safe obviously so she can do her work to protect the world but you know we're both kind of our own people so give them back to bed would you
0: (laughs) i was gonna say like He's calling her out. It's like, why did you even follow us? Like, you know, what, do, what are you even doing here if, you know, you don't, you're not owned by these these kids. Yeah. So, um, I think he's, he's, he also has a much better read on her than I would have expected.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: They've clearly spent a lot of time looking
1: at each other. Mm-hmm. Thinking. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. A lot of time thinking about each
1: other. Gears turning.
0: Yeah. Cut to
2: Rand laying next to a green. He starts to have memories. Specifically from the night the Trollocs attacked. This is back in episode one. He remembers Tam. Tam is his dad. Lord Bolton. From Game mm-hmm. Thrones, uh, if you remember. Um, and his dad is saying, Carrie, it was so hot. I didn't mean to find her. He's like, the trolley poison's taking over. He's not, like, he's kind of in and out of it, right? Yeah. Yep. I didn't mean to find her there, but I had to get away up the mountain into the snow. He was crying. He was so tiny. Rand's like, what the f- are you talking about? And then we have a montage of Rand practicing his archery. Cut back to Ran breaking the door that the girl, who was a dark friend. What was her name? Dana, Dana, said, can I take three men." We we uh, we noted this in that episode. shot at mm-hmm. us. We were like, "Wait mm-hmm. a second! That that he was not supposed to be able to break that, and mm-hmm. he did." I just, I just, you just thought he was strong. Really I chalked it up to country strength, right? <laughs> I, I thought he'd just been out there plowing a farm. So. He's been chopping wood. Yeah, but no. It, what we what the reveal here is that he actually channeled, he used the one power to break it open. Um, we also see a montage of when he put his arm around a queen. And um, he used the one power to protect her. It was him that was actually used mm-hmm. the one power to expo- spell the trial. Like it was not her. Sorry, Egwene. That's gonna really disappoint her. <laughs> Cut to him and Matt. And Rand tells Matt that he's seen the White Tower before. It's not, it's seen before. the mountain mm-hmm. drop- yeah, it's dragon, dragon Mount. mountain. Well, he's seen something. Before. What, what, what? 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 The the mountain? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, the mountain but he was behind. born oh. on the lawn. That I mean,
2: was the mountain from the. Right. And it, yeah. it, I'm assuming he saw it in his dreams or something. Do we know?
1: I mean, it was.
0: We know, but we can't tell you. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, actually,
3: well, maybe we'll talk about it in part two, but I don't think it's actually a spoiler. Okay.
2: To Back start. to the Black Wind talking to Rand, and here it is. Here's the reveal, ladies and gentlemen. The Black Wind tells him it's you. You've always known it. It's you. Deep down, no matter how fast or how far you run, you can... You, you, you have to accept your fate you are the dragon reborn you are the dragon reborn cut to Rand going to the bar to the sea this is exactly where I would go as I <laughs> he said did you know I was coming yes yeah, sort of comes with the territory she <laughs> says it's pretty funny I want you to tell me that I'm not the dragon reborn okay you're not the dragon reborn <laughs> I really uh, I like, like this great. Like, great
3: line for men right yeah. there
2: yeah. yeah he's like you don't have to spare my feelings she says well I don't care about your feelings you're just another guy in another bar he is, in fact, not just another guy. <laughs> and another she bar. knows it, yeah. too,
3: which is really yeah.
0: funny.
2: Rand says, we got off on the wrong foot. She says, look me in the eye and tell me you want to hear what I have to say because once you do, there's no going back.
0: So there's a great line in between that, which is, uh, we got off on the wrong foot, let me introduce myself. And she's like, oh, I know who you are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she, she's funny. She's, yeah. she's good. I like that character. She tells a story about the time she had her first visit. Uh, our, our first vision, um, when she was in Tarvalon. So, this is interesting that she apparently grew up in Tarvalon, and I guess maybe the I figured out that she was a seer and maybe moved her potentially. Because earlier in the conversation, Moraine said something along the lines that the Sedai had figured out a way to protect her or hide her yeah. identity in some and way, no, otherwise, she, she was young, it would mm-hmm. suck. Yeah, which is a great point. Cut back to the guy this is from the very first scene of mm-hmm, uh, the episode. Mm-hmm. The guy um, who was with the redhead, he was with the uh, Aiel. Yep, um, and giving birth. It's, and, and it's Tam. He takes, takes off his, his helmet. Takes his helmet off. It's it's Rand's quote, dad. Mm-hmm. And he holds the lady's hand as she gives birth, as opposed to killing her.
0: May not have been his daddy, but he was his father.
2: Overlaid with this, we hear her say that um, she was a baby born, and he was a baby born. She saw a baby born in the snow. And we see that Rand's mom dies. The, the Aeol who mm-hmm. was fighting, with mm-hmm. Rand's mother. And a man raised him in a wooden house in a sleepy village surrounded by two rivers, and that baby, and that baby was something impossible. She laughs softly. We see, see Tam cut the umbilical cord and walk off with Rand. Rand looks up, seemingly overcome with emotion. What do you see now when you look at me? Rainbows, carnivals, and three beautiful women. <laughs> Rand laughs. Do you see the eye of the world? Wish I didn't. Why? You seem like a decent person. Whew. Rand asks if he makes it back. She just looks down, grabs her drink and walks away, and Rand says, "I didn't think so." So it's an interesting scene because like we're, we're getting the, the sort of more and more through the episode we're getting the sense that like the, the black wind, what it says, you might not want to hear it, but there's a lot of truth in it, potentially. Mm-hmm. And when we, the, if they had started the Black Wind disclosures with Rand hearing, "You're the dragon," we probably would have dismissed it but they end with it. But after mm-hmm. we've had some validation, some of the other things that were said, specifically maybe around Perrin and his, his shakiness with his own wife and liking Egwene was actually true. Um, we get that validation that maybe it was right. And so at this point, when he goes into the to the bar with the lady, in my opinion, we already kind of know he's the dragon reborn, right? So the fact yeah. that the way they yeah. talk about this, which isn't particularly helpful if you're fact-finding because they're really dancing around <laughs> everything, mm-hmm. is just him kind of calming his nerves or getting some additional validation to something yeah. that we, as the viewer, I think already know, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think that he himself, like, he knew it, like the Black Wind told him, you've always known, but having that external somebody else outside in the world saying, yep, yeah, this is true. That's what he, that's the last push that he needed to go to
0: Moraine and be like, let's do this. Yeah. And it also recolors his conversation with Matt... At- in tarpaulin, yeah, yeah, about the channeling mm-hmm. or uh,
2: the the um, gentling, mm-hmm. yeah, and how you know Matt, Matt was like so against this idea, like don't let them do this to me, and there was that line which I even laughed about the throwaway, like mm-hmm. yeah I won't let them do it to you either, and we're like well who gives a fuck about that like that won't ever ever come <laughs> to fruition, right? Actually, kind of an important line, yeah.
0: and <laughs> also I think it it, it uh, makes it, makes me think that Rand was feels bad about being hopeful that Matt might have been the dragon. And like this darkness in him was some of the corruption and him channeling. And it's like, well, maybe I'm not the one. Maybe, you know, the things that have been happening, like I'm just another dude that channels maybe. And so like I'm kind of there with you, Matt, but like but but you're the one that that, like really has to shoulder this burden.
2: I have a question for the group. Thank God it's not me. Did Tom Marilyn know, or was he just as confused as as the viewer was? When he was talking to Ran, did he know that Ran was channeling, or was he really thinking you really thinking it was
0: I don't think that Rand had channeled that that point for Tom to know, but like right. the sickness of uh Mashadar was at least reminiscent of what happened to Tom's nephew. And so he was like putting what he knows together. Yeah.
3: I don't yeah. think that Tom thought it was Rand. Okay. But I do think the other nice thing about this scene where Min is like, you know, I wish I didn't see the eye of the world. You seem like a decent person. Um, and, you know, do you come back and and or do I come back and, and Rand's like yeah I didn't think I made it back but then he goes of his own volition finds Moraine mm-hmm. and leaves all his friends like I think that really speaks to Rand is facing up to some hard truths and he's willing to shoulder that burden yeah I
2: agree cut to the next morning Aguine is waking up um, walking around, she knocks on uh, Nynaeve's door, goes in and sees Nynaeve's bed is still made. Anybody ever catch a roommate like that? <laughs> <laughs> ever catch one? I used to catch my roommate all the time doing that. You're like, I'm, uh-huh, where I'd have wake, you been? I'd wake up in the morning, he'd be on the couch and I'd look at his, his bedroom and it would be completely like, I'm like, <laughs> <"Hey>, <laughs> ah, I think I caught you. queen um, laughs, um, she turns around, sits on the bed, then Nynaeve walks in and where have you been? Nowhere. They kind of laugh, call bullshit on each other. Um, about the, talk about this perfectly they made Bedge said I couldn't sleep and they both smile and Eve apologizes she said look I spoke out of turn earlier I didn't mean to stir anything up And queen does not respond to this she just doesn't even let, doesn't even say anything Perrin walks in Perrin walks weird you might <laughs> notice Perrin walks weird Should- <laughs> you have commented on this shoulders shoulders Runs really, weird, really, weird. really getting weirder um, <laughs> hunched down shoulders I, I you know yeah I, I I'm wondering maybe I'm just thinking too much into Perrin is his weird physical acting a part of what the yellow eyes thing is like—is it connected? Is my question. I know you can't tell me, but I'm just throwing it out. Like I'm trying to like breadcrumb this thing. could because...
0: also be he's the only one that didn't have an enjoyable uh, evening in the last evening.
2: Yeah, and maybe he did like like he was what was he a blacksmith or something? So yeah. he's like doing super hard labor. Maybe maybe yeah. that's why he's acting it that way. Yeah. But it makes me think maybe he's acting it um, because there's something you know like different about him. Yeah. Um, because he does seem when you, when the four of them are together. He looks very different in his mannerisms yeah. and yes. stuff. So, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Perrin, um, basically Nynaeve asked them, have you decided? And Egwene says, I want to go, shocker. Perrin shakes his head. He only mm-hmm. Notice he only agrees after Egwene agrees. Mm-hmm. That yeah. he, he doesn't agree until she says yes. And she asks where Rand is. And he says, I assumed he was you, with you. Mm-hmm. Cut to Ran, slowly walking up to a door. Very epic music playing. We know we're building up to the end of the crescendo of the episode. He knocks on a door. We see Nynaeve open a door. But it's Lan. Mm. And she sees Lan in the morning. She knows something's wrong. She says, what's happened? Cut back to Ran. The door is open by. Oh, Moraine, there it is. Rand, it's me. And yep. he looks really, I mean, he's saying it. He he's saying it definitively mm-hmm. but this is obviously like really heavy on him yes and, and, and yeah. it's yes everything from how they've put him together physically in, in his dress and his hair um and in how he's acting it he looks, looks like completely mm-hmm. exhausted mm-hmm.
3: there mm-hmm. you
0: go and so like this is clearly a burden and i i think that when he was talking to min like one of the things that i interpret this conversation as is like you wouldn't wish the dragon, being the dragon reborn, on somebody who's a decent person. Maybe. Right. Like, you You know, somebody who can get it done, I guess. But, like, this is going to be something tough. Like, sort in and, and yeah. many ways, mm-hmm. like, the hopes of the world, in many ways, are on you. But also, like, everybody's terrified of you, you know. And if you turn to the shadow, like, you're just going to destroy the world. And so, it's a crazy thing. I have a question
2: about, um now that she knows it's him and she presumably knows he can or has channeled, is she somehow breaking faith with the Aes Sedai that she's working with a man who channels openly?
0: We kind of got that in the episode of Swan, that they could both be stoned for this. Right.
2: So I thought that was was going after the dragon. Yeah, so I I guess my question more specifically is about like, so now that she knows it's him Mm -hmm. and she knows he can channel, this is the moment where it really breaks faith because she's like actively working with him. We've never seen her actively work with a man who can channel before. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, even even if her sisters were to leave the dragon reborn so that he can channel, so not gentle him, they would want him to be very closely watched and restrained essentially Mm -hmm. like not allowed to do things of his own will and so rand is still at this point like still walking around free Um, which i don't think any of the other eyes that
1: i would be okay
3: with except for
2: swan maybe um right right yeah yeah. absolutely um so moraine looks back at him and slowly nods cuts a land moraine masked our bond she left egwene rand so i had a
3: question then so did land not mask his bond or maybe he didn't he that's,
0: that's why
2: he didn't were... realize yeah yeah maybe so y'all need to finish the sentences yeah <laughs> <Finish>
0: the sentences <laughs> so is what we're
3: so because basically my question was does land then not mask his bond to moraine while he and Nynaeve are sleeping together
0: okay and then you you responded with maybe he did and that's why he didn't Notice like, that, she noticed had that
2: yeah, at the exactly. Same time. Yeah, yeah. So, the idea, the, the order of events here is that, like, maybe just out of like privacy, Curtis, yeah, yeah, Curtis, Curtis, yeah. yeah, yeah, to Nynaeve, he masked the bond, right? When he mm-hmm. hooked up with Nynaeve, and that while that was occurring, Moraine took that moment to mask the bond with Lance so that he wouldn't know the exact moment it happened, exactly.
0: And because we do get before that, that is presumably a polite thing to do when she goes to see swap yes, right?
2: Um. Cut to Rand and Moraine walking out to the blight. They go together, the two of them only. Moraine explains they have to go through the blight to get to the eye of the world. Moraine does not look very good. Could progressively worse yeah. the mm-hmm. entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but they walk in. Uh, kind of reminds me as a kid, like uh, I grew up in the country, like sometimes you'd walk, you'd, like, you'd be like, there's a cornfield and you'd be like, I know the house is on the other side of that. So, I'm gonna go through this cornfield. I don't know how fucking long I'm gonna be in this cornfield. It's gonna be a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I know if I keep walking straight, I'll eventually get there. It yeah. kind of seems like what they're yeah, doing. That yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Um, end of episode. Boom. End of recap. Done.
1: Go work job. on the recap. Yeah. yeah. Dense episode. Yep. A lot of stuff going on. Before we go into I our, our segments. Exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of talking.
2: Before we go into our segments, I wanna ask, BJ, you made the comment, this might be your favorite episode. Yep. I want you to talk about that a little bit and then all of us to talk about where this episode ranks as far as some of the other ones okay because i do think it's a standout Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um just we get a lot of things in this episode and i think this is a lot of things are coming together i really like that they're drawing a lot of threads from the season so far to have like a very focused finale um i really liked Um, the exposition that you get of a lot of characters. I like the emotional breath that you get from a a lot of the characters like Ran and Nynaeve and Lan. Um, And I, there are so many things about the reveal of Ran that I really, really enjoyed. Um, Some of them we will probably talk a little bit more on the second part, but just how they like interpose that with like him making the decision to go to Moraine's room and being take that upon himself like it's me let's go do this and take care of this I think was just a solidifying uh, point in the series so far for me and it just gave that same feel of like how the books are in terms of like having threads converge and get like really tied into like a very tight story at certain points and it happens when it needs to happen and this felt like the right pacing for me, for for where they need to be, and I, other than like some of the minor things that I think are really driven by losing Matt, like also the pacing for this episode and like the the scenes that we get all felt a lot more right to me.
1: I just want to like. Now that we have finally gotten the reveal about Rand being the being the dragon, we can finally tell Lee how much anxiety was going on yeah. in the second half yeah. of the in the second yeah. part of the podcast. Literally every time we talked about it about like I don't know how they're going to pull off that we that it is believable when we get to Rand as the dragon. I don't know how they're going to pull off that yeah. it's believable based on what we have at this
2: point yeah because i stand yeah. by the fact that they didn't give us much right like yeah. they really didn't and, and mm-hmm. i guess it was all to serve the purpose of the swerve the surprise that's great it's fun viewing but like man there wasn't a lot there in the first few episodes yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and yeah and and as you were saying i feel like they took this episode fleshed around out a bit and then gave you a bunch of breadcrumbs mm-hmm. and then had a cool review.
3: yeah and i think the nice thing is you know, because we were legitimately like in the second part of every episode, it's like, oh, they got to do some work on Rand. Like, he's mm-hmm. just kind of a wool headed sheep herder, and that's all we get. And it turns out they didn't even have to do all that much to make Rand more fleshed out as a character and yeah. more enjoyable.
1: Well, what they did really, really well, and this could have come off as so hokey, and I think they pulled it off. I'll be, I'd be interested to hear what you all think, is that they figured out a way to concisely, efficiently, but effectively indicate how much Rand has been thinking about this, this. about this and worrying about this and dealing with this throughout the entire time when we thought he was just essentially sort of wallpaper at, at this yeah, point, right? It totally,
3: mm-hmm. like, it gives us sort of backwards fleshing mm-hmm. out of his character where every time you go, oh, he wasn't just being stupid. Like, mm-hmm. he was legitimately worrying about... Oh my God! Am I the dragon? Is this is this what's happening?
2: Yeah. But they had to give him an origin story, right? Like mm-hmm, you yeah. know, it, like it, it's important that your hero have that origin story to separate them from the pack. Right? Yes, right. And that does it. When we get that that the origin story, that's when I started thinking like, wow, okay, like they really have established how different he is from Jump.
0: Right. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. of these people, and and I think it's so cool that we get so many pieces in this episode that then just get tied together so well that. You know we, we get his birth and in, in the the cold open which up until now was just kind of like fleshing out the world a little bit mm-hmm. and then we get it really tied tight when men's like this was my first viewing
4: mm-hmm.
0: and I knew that the that you were the dragon reborn basically from when I was young mm-hmm. and this maybe this is what sparked her like ability mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. and yeah, continuing just, to show his importance. Yeah, that he, mm-hmm. that she would even that 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 would be the first thing that she has a
2: vision of. Um, that his is important in the week this current week. Yeah. Okay. So, h- how would you like the reveal? Um, you
3: had him at negative a thousand. I had yeah. him at
2: negative a thousand, and but well, yeah, plus plus one fifty. Yeah, that's what it was a lot. right. You, you bet you bet a dollar, went a thousand on him because he was such an underdog. I um, I like the reveal a lot. I I my only complaint is that I wish I, I like shows that have these type of reveals. It's fun, right? And But but and but I do like when they give you a little something. My only complaint would be what you guys exactly probably were talking about in the second part of these episodes, which was they weren't giving you quite enough with Rand. I'm not saying to make it obvious, but a little something. And they really didn't until this episode. Mm-hmm. Now, this episode was great for the reveal. The reveal worked perfectly. By the time we got to the end of the episode, I bought it. I was all in. Right, Rand's my guy now. Let's sure. run. Let's go with Rand. But... <laughs> You know, it's it, it, it took heavy lifting for the episode to get there. It took yes. a special episode to get you there, right. and they had one teed up for it. It was great storytelling. This episode in a silo would have been great if they gave me a couple things before now. Yeah, um, but overall, like I, you know, I've got I got one friend who really doesn't like the show, um, and he texts me every week that he doesn't like it. <laughs> and I finally this week just said I broke I, I broke faith with him, and I said, dude, I don't care what you say. This was a good episode, and he sheepishly had to say, you know what, yeah, it was good. So even somebody who doesn't like the show had to admit this was a well-done episode. Yeah. I think it's a standout for the show. Mm-hmm. I think you have, for me, I think you've got the pilot, which was really, really good. I think you've got um, the episode where they were dealing with gain, mm-hmm. as far as the show showing that it could pull off action yeah. and could show you the one power. That was a flex. And then this episode are the standouts for me of the season.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, actually, like I, I really did like this season, or this... Uh, Episode. I still think that episode four might edge it out because Logan's story was pretty powerful and Nynaeve's yeah. reveal and all of that came together and it was it was a surprise because it was sort of the best episode of the group to that point. And so mm-hmm. important to create
2: detention right. yes. for Rand because now we know the stakes for Rand because yes. we we'll see what they did to Loghain. Yes. So now. I'm terrified going forward yep. about what will happen to him. You know Who, what? Who's everyone's
3: going to do to mm-hmm. him. Yeah, yep. to catch him. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: if any of the I said I figure mm-hmm. this out, like they and they're probably more powerful than him right now. I haven't. I mean, he's channeled a little bit, but I've not seen him really flex hard. Like they might be able to just like you know gentle him very fast. Yeah. So I'm, I'm scared for him going forward because of the storytelling in episode four. Right. Yeah.
0: So some of the thinking is that uh, the cold open for episode four with Loghain was supposed to be the open for the series and that the Mm. open that we got was put in instead for reasons that no one's really sure about. But that's the, yeah, that's sort of the, the going scuttlebutt. Logan, L- Logan's story would have been episode one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like the, that would like have that that was, no, yeah, that was for Oven. episode one. And then they would the story. When he was with the, the king on yeah. the top of the tower. But I'm glad the they didn't do that. Yeah. That would have been confusing as hell Cause they
2: would have, it had gone three more episodes before they yeah. ever came back to it.
3: Right. And you'd been like, well, what about that dude? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes. I see, I see how it would have been like powerfully narrative. Yeah. From a narrative perspective just to like, but no, that would have confused me. But I mean, just me, just me. Yeah. My opinion's not always
0: right. (laughs) Let's go to the... All right. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. So uh, first up, we have Tavern of the Week. Uh, Now that we're done with the recap, how do you want to do it?
3: Yeah. So this is is my um, decision-making that I get to do, um, but I am going to take nominations for Tavern of the Week. Of course, I have my front runner far and away, um, but Lee, I'm curious. Who do you think is Tavern of the Week?
2: So I'm going to... Show how gracious I am to, to my panel here. Um, I'm not going to pick the the guy who's going to win this thing <laughs> because I'm going to leave it up to y'all to, to give me give somebody else that strong nomination. I'm going to pick this episode, Lan, because mm. we get um, a great back shot. Get, a, get some backstory from him. We figure <laughs> out, yeah, we figure out the man has abs for days. <laughs> wow, so many abs. Um, yeah, so it, it's just that, like, seeing him with a family, learning his backstory that he was a king, um, getting that reinforced what, what has bonded him or why he wanted to bond with Moraine and what purpose that's given him considering the backstory of his life and having that reaffirmed through the connection he has with Nynaeve for her inferring that as well. And then seeing him get down with the get down and figuring out that he can actually have a life outside of Moraine. He can go have sex with somebody if he wants to. That was a, that was an open question for me. I didn't mm-hmm. know as a viewer that like these these warders could just go off and have a relationship with someone else. That's yeah. Fair. yeah. Um and, and that established that. And then I think that also there's probably a whole lot of Nynaeve land shippers out there, so checkbox for them. Mm-hmm. Um, probably good for Nynaeve because she's clearly had a thing for Lan the whole time. So Lan really rounding the bases a lot of very interesting things, um, that connected to the episode. So Lan's my nominee.
1: All right, cool. Sarah, what do you got? I'm going to follow Lee's lead and also be gracious in this, (laughs) but I want to go, we've talked a little bit about him. I'm going to go super minor, barely on the screen character, but I want to make sure that we really highlight the weirdness of what is going on with Pot and
2: Fane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I super like, creepy, one.
1: super creepy, and it is clearly just from a show-based perspective. It is bizarre and interesting that he is anywhere near where they are. Right, that he was in the ways in the first place. That he is now in Faldara.
0: Um, that we've ever seen him again.
1: That we've ever seen like him three again. Three or four episodes. Yes. Um, like that is deeply strange. And while I believe we know who's going to win Tavern of the Week. Um, and who rightly should should yeah he should what is what is interesting to me is that this Pot and Fane thread is not woven in yet we don't have it's an end to that story along. we are sort mm-hmm. of well yes we're gonna have like a big thing with Rand at the Eye of the World next episode Ooh. obviously um, anyway gonna be a showdown
0: yes, we are we
1: are starting to end that narrative right we can feel yeah closure there we right. uh, don't know what that is but it's headed toward closure there is no closure on what is happening to Pod and Fane and I think that's super interesting
2: yeah yep. I'm gonna be addressed on theory time
0: <laughs> Yeah, right uh, I'm excited to hear I'm gonna go even even farther afield and say Lord Algomar.
3: interesting
0: that is a that mute. is okay. that <laughs> mean, that
2: that a was talking to Moraine. exactly okay. I don't like that guy uh,
0: <laughs> but... bottom
1: of Lee's top of the week list <laughs> okay
0: But he fleshes out the world in ways that no one else has. So we've gotten uh, in each of the other picks, and basically across the entire, and across a lot of these, like changes within our characters, knowing more of the backstory of the characters. But we get a lot of tidbits from Lord Agomar that are really interesting in terms of like how the world interacts, um, in terms of like what the role of a leader of a nation is um how they interact with the Aes Sedai, like what relationship the Aes Sedai have with different rulers. And we also get that not everybody gets to be an Aes Sedai again, rather than from a maybe more uh uh
3: tower based person.
0: Well I was gonna say an unreliable narrator of uh Nynaeve's wisdom mentor. oh right um, yeah, yeah um and, you know, we get a quick flash of uh, Lady Amelisa's ring that doesn't have a stone in it. And so, like, between the two of them, but more Lord Algomar we get a lot more of... There's a big world out there that we don't know about yet. And it, it fills in a lot of that. It also fills in Lan's place in the world before mm-hmm. we get the interaction uh, with his father's armsmen. Um, and so I think with him we get a view into the world that we really haven't gotten yet.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. You've
2: you've turned me a little bit. I don't like the guy, but I I understand the pick.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think it's actually interesting that you don't like the guy because I think that's part of what he's doing as a world-building character is Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you see that not everybody just plays, you know, like yes ma'am, no ma'am to the I said I, but there's a lot of mixed feelings. Yeah, Sure.
1: I will also cool. just say, shout out one of the best costumes we've seen. The, with the recreation like, of the feathers. the spread-winged bird with the feathers on that. Yeah. Very cool. There were a very cool.
3: lot of birds in this episode. Silly, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, imagery. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. the manners. Mm-hmm. The, everywhere there was little, um, you know, metal statues of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very cool.
2: I prefer my king to look like Loghain yeah <laughs> maybe it's very like jesus yeah maybe it's the old Christian maybe it's the old Christian thing but I don't, I don't like the king who's like so the super pomp like he, I don't like that he's not a king he's
0: just a lord whatever hell. Yeah. he's yeah, yeah, a leader
3: yeah. Lan is a king yes. without a kingdom Unruh. yeah
0: anyway um, and, and also I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, my man Uno uh, um, no, oh we just, got just because we got him so and excited he's great. and he's and he's cursing great. and it's awesome I mean it was only rumors, half so yeah. of
3: his words were cursing I expected a little higher yes well, he was in front um, of,
0: like, company.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was in company. Um, but, obviously, I mean, all of these are great nominations, okay. but we really do have to go with the one who really pulled it off and okay. has twisted the pattern around himself, which is Rand, um, for obvious reasons. I mean, I don't think we need to expound on that very much. I do think that, you know, obviously we have the cold open, which sets up his background story, as you said, Lee, very well. Um But I really like the way that they did the reveal with him finding kind of the centering and then letting loose with his arrows right into the center of the target. That was a very Mm -hmm. nicely done shot where Mm -hmm. he's finally decided, okay, this is my destiny. I'm thinking about all the things that have led me here. I'm going to do this. This is me.
0: Filled in the void of this character.
3: Yes. Um, it sure did. And so it's just like I I like that and I like that, you know, he has a lot more I mean a lot more to his character this episode as well. Gotta be him, for sure. So it's gotta be him. Yeah, yeah. he's gotta win. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right.
0: Moving on. Lines of the episode. Gleeman's corner. Um I I'm gonna do mine first, um, and I'm actually not gonna go through them since we already did and it's really long, but for me, what was really cool for this episode was what Machin Shen was saying to each of the characters. Mm. Um, and I'm going to highlight some of the shorter ones, the you're nothing, an impostor, a fraud to Gwaine. You know, this is because it's a departure from the books in terms of like what it was saying. I think this was a really interesting way to go and really highlighting the insecurities of these characters uh, saying to uh, Moraine, uh, you're wrong about everything. You'll murder these children and call it heroism. Just like, They're
3: such good snapshots of what you think all of these people's insecurities are. And one of
0: the things that is super important to the books and everybody was sort of worried about how they were going to do in the show is you spend a lot of time in people's heads. And this was one way to get a snapshot of what's in every every mm-hmm. character's head in a way that it didn't need to be them like doing exposition to another character in a very yeah. forced way.
3: I am very disappointed, Dark Friend, though, about Loyal didn't get any... Like, what is Loyal insecure about? Oh, man, this is a real, like... Nothing. They are going
2: to make you run. They are going to make you go fast all the time.
1: This is a real... um, You'll never be able to keep up with the humans. Like, uh, Mirror of of Er Uh Arizad sort of thing, uh, where (laughs) Dumbledore always sees himself with socks.
0: (laughs) They they burn all your books mm-hmm. all the Great. time. Oh. Anyway. Sierra, what's yours? They burn down yep. the
1: groves. So I'm actually going to follow up on yours, BJ. I'm going to okay. go to the Black Wind as well, okay. but I'm specifically going to go to our flashback from Rand to the Black Wind. Yep. I'm taking the low hanging fruit this time. Yep. It's you. It's always been you. Deep down, no matter how fast or how how far you run, you cannot accept. You cannot not. You can't not accept your fate. Um, you are the Dragon Reborn, you are the Dragon Reborn. And part of the reason, like, A, that's kind of a, seemingly a turning point mm-hmm. for Rand as well, but right. um, I want to go just tack this on to a conversation that we were having earlier about how well this episode does, um, giving us insight into not only what all of the characters have been have been thinking, but specifically what Rand has been struggling with, Um Throughout this series, and I thought that this was a really good moment for it. Um, I I think I think I'm Team Black Wind in this whole thing. <laughs> I think the Black Wind is telling some hard truths, and 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 I think we need to be listening to it. I agree on the
2: Black Wind. I think Black Wind's telling truth. Uh, mine is like maybe a little bit more character building, interpersonal stuff. It's um, a, a Gween I don't think I've ever picked her before for my line of the episode, but it's wow. her talking to the group, and then specifically to Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this because I'm convinced she knows exactly what she's talking about. I want to go to the eye of the world because if there's even a chance she's right, then it's worth it. Your wisdom, if Moraine wasn't a part of this, you wouldn't think twice. you do it. Don't let your pride stop you from doing what is right.
3: Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Nynaeve and Lan's back and forth um, where Nynaeve very astutely picks out why Lan has picked Moraine to bond and Nynaeve says, you are a king without a kingdom a boy without a family, and now you finally belong to her. And it's just, it's a very, like, mm-hmm. very perceptive mm-hmm.
0: moment mm-hmm. for Nynaeve.
2: show show.
0: All right, well, I get to choose, and uh, I'm going to choose one that was nominated and sort of the pairing that we get uh, with the very end of the episode, which is uh, Machin Shin telling Ren that, that he is the dragon reborn and he cannot yeah. run from his fate. And yeah. then when he goes, knocks on Moraine's door and says... I'm the one, yeah. I'm the Dragon Reborn, it's me. and it's me. It's, yeah. it, 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 it's just, like, it's the thing that he feared most, and sort of from the beginning, though we didn't see it at the beginning, to the end of the episode, he's come to accept it and and take on that burden. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I agree. Good choice. Very good.
1: Do we have theories? <laughs> Theory
0: time. Uh, so I guess theory you know the, the the dragon power rankings. We know who the dragon reborn is. Finally, yes, we know the dragon reborn is Rand Xna on the dragon power rankings. Those are done. Yep, um, I'm I'm a little bit sad, but we have theories, and I'm really excited to hear uh, further theories, especially about Pan on Fan. It sounds theory like. theory time. Sure, theory time. Um, I was just going like to point out that
2: my last theory time, I think, was I said that Moraine would sever the bond with Lan. Mm-hmm. She didn't necessarily sever it, but she did the very next episode, Blanket and then Peace Out, so shout out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say this episode, I'm really stretching here, but this Pod and Fane character, um, he, I think he's absolutely colluding with the Dark One. That's my, that's my guess. If he's, okay. na- if he's not the Dark One himself, if he's not the, the head Dark Person... He's, he's with them because what's the alternative, right? In this world, how, how can he get in it? I mean, like he has to be able to channel or have power in some way to even get into the ways on his own, right. And get out of it. So there has to, he's got to be aligned with what, if I'm just using the, just using the, the rules of the world has been established in the show we only know of really two groups that have like power to do this type of thing. You've got the people who tap into the one power, of the ice to die, the men who channel, and then you have, presumably have the dark one who is a power that, you know, does uh, something, does something, fights the world, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go that it's, it's hard for me to believe that Rand is the dragon reborn. And this group is so important. And the dark one is so locked in and so dangerous and doesn't have a line on them in some way. That it that it would just be like some person swilling beer in some mm-hmm. random town is the only dark friend that is anywhere close to these people. That's hard for me to believe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna peg his pot and fame. Okay. Right. Right. Oh oh, and another one. Um, and another one. Uh, yeah. Um, at some point, we're gonna get we're gonna get the the switcheroo. Aguin is gonna go over to Perrin for a little while.
0: Okay. All right. Maybe then. not
2: permanently, but there will yeah. be like a kiss, or there'll be a something. It's low hanging fruit. They got to do it. She's got it. She's got to give him. She's got to give him the kiss.
0: Okay. I'm excited to see. And later. another one. No, maybe I'm
2: just
3: Rand is busy saving the world.
2: Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah. He's yeah. out of the way for a, a little <laughs> while, at least. He, he's on a work trip. You know, <laughs> and maybe it's time for the, the housewife to play. I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. I have the world, oh, and
0: uh, he's got his eye on Obin. This has been fun. It's been. Yeah. Y'all don't have any theories. No theories from anybody else.
2: Just me. Uh, You're the theory building one. Yeah, we don't want
3: to accidentally insert any uh, brick book truths into this
2: okay well that sounds good this is a lot of fun penultimate episode typically in these fantasy series the penultimate episode is the one that really moves and shakes a lot i think this one delivered i would say giving us the dragon reborn setting Mm -hmm. up for the battle next week super excited about it thanks everybody for listening to uh my part of the episode anyway and i'll see you next week
3: well lee may you always find water and shade
0: to part two we have spoilers ahead so if you don't haven't read the books and don't want to be spoiled or haven't read the books and want to be then you should turn it off now but if you haven't read the books and don't care about spoilers uh keep listening because we have lots of them um here
3: there be dragons and spoilers um
0: (laughs) and so we have uh our last three segments uh that is uh the Reading the pattern, so where things fit so far into the bigger book picture, which I'm glad we get to talk about a lot more now that things are tying together. Yes. In the War, how things are diverging from the book and how we feel about that. We have a lot of those too. Um, and some disappointing dark friends. I think a little bit less for this episode, but I'm sure we have some. Um, but uh, let's jump right into it. Um, we have so many book nods and so many things that they're actually really tying in directly from the books, which I really appreciate. Um, I'm going to start out with a really quick one. I'm pretty sure they, they lifted what Loyal said while they're in the ways directly from the book. And they I did. enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. It seemed, it, it felt really, really familiar. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask about, because we talked a lot in the second part of the episode, in the last episode, we talked mm-hmm. a lot as, as we went into The Ways, uh, Bree, you and BJ were concerned was, mm-hmm. about down um, yeah. how The Ways were going to actually yeah. be. Thoughts, reactions now that we were in The Ways?
3: So I would say I'm actually pleasantly surprised. So they were just as dark and foreboding mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. implied in the books, but with... You know, the nice thing about what the lightning and thunder, which is not canonical to the books, but what that does for us is it shows, like, with the flashes of light, we actually get, like, a much bigger impression of what the Ways actually are. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, you know, reading about what the Ways used to be, you can actually visually show that, you know, this is a huge, huge other world. Um, but so I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with them. Mm-hmm. Um... What about you, BJ?
0: I'm pretty happy with them. I'm still kind of disappointed with how they're shown. I like. I think that there are okay reasons that they're not showing them how they are described in the books.
3: Are you unhappy about the ways themselves or about the way, the way
0: gates? gates? The way, Well, the way gates and how they get in and out of the yes. ways. So okay. inside the ways themselves, I think they did a really good mm-hmm. job. Um, I think that they are hinting that they're going a little bit more book true in some ways with the still that they had. That was in bonus content that mm. had caught on Thane with a leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, with a trefoil. With a tree foil mm-hmm. leaf that had the... Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, but that wasn't part of the main show.
3: And when he's walking away from the way gates, he pointed that out. He has something He to actually say is holding something in his hand when yes. he walks away from yeah,
0: the way gates. It's just unclear yeah. what it is. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that was cool. I like how they brought men in, but that's a little bit later in the show. Um, I think that the whole interaction of Valderau was really true to the books and mm-hmm. I like how they have the interaction with an Ace Sedai that then, I said this in the first part of the episode, but basically I'll, there are almost no rulers that like the meddling of the Ace Sedai. Right. They're okay with it for a variety of reasons. There are help. There's helpfulness of an Ace Sedai advisor, I think to a certain extent, uh, Lady Amelisa fills that role to a certain extent. Yeah. She has tower ties, but is looking out for, you know, the good of Faldera. Um But, you know, there's this inherent bunny of heads. You know, what's important for the nation as opposed to, you know, this sort of... Uh, not maybe advising class Mm -hmm. of, you know, this is, they're trying to shape the realm as opposed to a a country. And, you know, I like that they're sort of fleshing that out.
1: I do think, sorry, can I just ask a quick question about Amelisa? Um, so in the show, they have her with a an Aes Sedai ring without the stone. Mm-hmm. Right, is that does that happen in the books? Is that like a thing?
3: So what's interesting is that yes, you have you have people who have passed their accepted test. Right, are out there in the world with an Isidai ring. So that is true that you can be not a full sister and have the ring. Okay, what is not true to books is the the stone in the middle. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't actually exist as far as I no in the book right, and so there's not any difference between an accepted ring and a full okay. sister's ring i
1: just thought it was so interesting i mean i think that for the purposes of the show it, it at least to me made a lot of sense like it was actually a very cool symbol um yeah. that she was wearing this sort of empty ring
0: right um and i it, just didn't know yeah It'll so be it's nice just for like a different later. finger mm-hmm. in the books and, okay. and so like there are reasons that that like that it plays into later like why that's sort of important um, and we'll see what they end yeah, up doing. So, so um, at
3: some point, Egwene and Elaine and, were, Nynaeve. and Nynaeve, actually, they all pretend to be full sisters mm, mm-hmm. um, when they're doing some of their stuff out of the t- tower. Sure. And so they have their accepted rings, which they then just, you know, put on the eyeside. I okay. Yeah. Um, so this will be interesting because, you know, at some point they'll pass the accepted test and then they have to pass as full sisters. And so it's going to be more of a question of, is the show going to have it so that not everybody knows that you have to have a stone in the middle to be mm-hmm. an Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. um, or if they're going to do something different, or they're going to put another stone in there? I don't know. Yeah Okay.
0: Um, yeah, unclear. Um I else?
3: did think it was a nice... So I I don't remember if she actually changed this. I meant to go back and look at the previous episodes. But Egwene, when she reaches up and cups Rand's face, she actually now is wearing one of her rings mm. on the same ring that we've seen all the Aes wear their of, ring. Oh, understand. Yeah, uh, on, interesting. yeah huh. the
0: same thing. Uh-huh. And so I think this might have been a nod to the books where um, there's this whole, like, getting to braid your hair is becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. And then um, Egwene wears her hair down like Moraine does and Anive calls her out on it. And so she's clearly trying to position herself to be an Aes Sedai. And so I don't think we're getting enough of that to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but like, I think this was sort of a little hint to it um, gotcha. in ways yeah. that, you know, they're just trying to thread things in. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Terry picked up on fame Uh You, Definitely haven't gotten there, but Padonfrain is a fascinating character that gets more and more interesting as mm-hmm. time goes on, and he's there till the end.
1: Yeah. You can so, but he kind
0: of goes out in like a little. Yeah, he, yeah. Hmm, he he, you, he has four ways into the world that yeah. are interesting. Yeah. Yes,
1: and because it, and I am certainly not at right. the in the midst of his interestingness, but by the beginning of the second book, which I did stop, as I've said before on this yeah. podcast, I did stop about. 15, 20% of the way through the second book. I'm going to wait until this season is over at least. Yeah. Um, but even by that point of the second book, you know, you can feel he's that floss. that's going to be a through yeah. line. A, uh, a through yeah. line through the whole thing. It has to be. That's the only way that it works narratively. And it'll be yeah.
0: really interesting to see what they do with him because even in the second, by the second book, I think around where you are, he's doing bad things to Mirdreau. like, yeah. Like, he's
3: Pinning them down and being real interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so, um, there are a lot of questions, and you know, we'll get a little bit more into this where you know, this is diverged from the books about like what Pond and gonna end up doing, yeah. Um, I think the last thing I really wanted to talk about is Min and her visions mm-hmm. because they're super on point. I like that the, the things that they're foreshadowing. Um, The uh, Sparks of Light and Darkness is a direct pull from the books. I think they did it incredibly well. Um, I know why they didn't have Matt for this episode. I'm sort of hoping that we'll get that again Mm -hmm. with him because Mm -hmm. he's really important for that. Um, The the other things that Min saw that she said she saw and jokingly said... Mm -hmm. Um, the the White Flame, um, as we said before in part of this, Egwene becomes the Amaralyn Seat, and, mm-hmm. and it becomes like one of the most powerful Aes period, one of the and, most powerful yeah. Amaralyns ever, like, you know, a whole bunch of things. And um,
3: literally becomes the Flame of Talbot Tum- Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's one of the titles of the yeah. Amaralyn Seat. Yeah. Um, well,
3: I was thinking more about the end of the... Series oh, where she literally like creates an entirely new weave that essentially heals the world mm-hmm. from the fractures that Balefire has mm-hmm. put into it. And she heals the world using this new weave called Flame of Tarbalon. And she mm-hmm. sacrifices herself into this weave. Interesting. So she correct. literally yeah. becomes a, mm-hmm. the Flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but it's actually not mentioned when Min is talking to them, or talking to Moraine about what she's seen. It actually isn't mentioned... Which one has the white flame and which one has the ring of gold? I thought that was really interesting. I noted that. I thought that that was really
0: interesting. Yeah, Um, but almost definitely. So the ring of gold is almost so in the books. Lan gives Nynaeve a big ring of gold. (laughs) A honking
3: big ring. Yeah, that
0: that is his promise that like to her, like and that she wears around her neck. Mm -hmm. That becomes a big thing in the books. That it's this flying crane Mm -hmm. uh, golden ring. Yep. So that that's our guess as to what they're doing. We're hoping that that's a nod, and that seems yeah. to really fit well in the books. Um, a little bit later on, we get uh, rainbows, uh, carnivals, and, and, and three beautiful, beautiful women, women, which means
3: like, mm, yeah, that's right on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and so there are a lot of things about that, but like the three beautiful women around Rand is, is something that she sees from the books. Yeah. Um, the uh, rainbows. Rainbows is so we get this a bit later, but basically whenever, uh, Rand Perrin, and Matt are together, they, they're sort of like these like weird rainbow things that happen around Mm, them. Interesting. Uh, Like pullings of the pattern probably. Um, unclear what the, the circus is, but that's actually not with Rand. So I, he,
3: she says carnival, carnival but yeah, yeah, like I don't think Rand ever goes yeah, to the circus. not even Elaine, mm-hmm.
0: uh, like end up with a, a circus for a while, and that oh, okay. ends up being like a really big through line of like a bunch of books, like fu- very <laughs> so, funnily. like very, uh, like a very <laughs> weird but funny, uh, plot line that we have. Um, and and then the last thing with Rand holding a baby, there are a lot of things that that could be, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a departure in the books, maybe not. Like, Rand does have children in the books five of them um yeah from two pregnancies yes yeah. um it's a little it is a little, it's, it's a little okay, but um they might
3: but that baby almost certainly can't be avienda's or Elaines right. so we think they might be men mm-hmm. like also in the yeah, book yeah. does not have at least it's not explicitly yeah. stated that she has a child by Rand mm mm-hmm but it's a dark hard baby so maybe and yeah, somebody said that's like hers. maybe looks
0: like has asian features but like it's a we're thinking a lot of people are thinking that it's a nod to she's tied to him and gotcha. you know puts a little bit more context to uh, you know I wish it didn't happen to a decent purpose mm-hmm. and he's like you know like am i coming back and, and she's just like well you're going to come back and i'm going to fall in love with you and i'm not going to tell you that yeah. so
1: <laughs> yeah she's in so anyway. a very moraine you know, uh, that I'm not answering yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, she was
3: she was pretty good. I'm excited about her mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm.
0: So, before we we go a little bit more into the departures, do you want to, like are there any specific questions that
1: Yeah, so like I I have been sort of choosing a theme for my yeah. questions as we go through and it may or may not be that important to the specific <laughs> episode, but just stuff I'm interested in. So, I have questions about the blight.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a good departure sequence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, In the show, we are showing, and I, like, I read a little, you read a little bit about the Blight in the The, first book. It's actually the most that you get, I think. But it's not, you don't get much.
0: Yeah.
1: So, is the Blight, just thinking logistically about what the Blight is, Mm -hmm. when we see the Blight, I'm doing air quotes for our -hmm. listeners, um, when we see the Blight in the show, it really seems to be this sort of, like, bramble. Yeah. Wilderness, like right? Trees, I'm getting but, like but, yeah, but, like but, 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 like you know, Sleeping Beauty and, yeah, around yeah.
0: the tower, like, right? And, is a good, and yeah, and like uh, ivy, not a, like, uh, like strangler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and vines. vines and okay. like that reach out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, is the blight when when we hear the term the blight? Yeah, is that it, or is there something else associated with it when it comes in? Like when it took over Macchiare, for example. So,
3: that I I wasn't gonna say anything when we were talking with with Lee, mm-hmm. but what actually happened with Malkier being taken over by the Blight and his family being slaughtered. So yes, the the Blight took over his his family home mm-hmm. um, and you know kind of encroached past it, but the Blight wasn't actually the actors that the killed. Factor. Yeah, the instigating mm. factor. So his his family. Um, I don't remember exactly what ended up happening now, but essentially there was some political machinations within his family and within the the ruling powers mm-hmm. um, of the kingdom of Malkir, And so his family was not mm-hmm. slaughtered by the Blight. It was sla- slaughtered basically by like a rival faction. Interesting. Okay. Because um, that was not yeah.
0: like super clear in... I thought had a little bit of like maybe dark under like dark yeah sure like I think it was driven by
3: the dark one in some way okay yeah but Um, okay no the the blight just encroaches the blight really is this kind of growth that is coming okay and and I think it's
0: also kind of. you know, to give a touchstone to to people that are a little bit more familiar with Game of Thrones where they cut back the trees on the other side of the wall so they yes, can see out. It. Like, this is something that they actively, like, prevent from it continuing. Right, but
1: it push. does continue to right. regrow and keep them right. coming back in. And that makes a lot of and sense. And also, okay. like,
0: a super dangerous, uh, like, forest kind of thing that mm-hmm. had a lot of poisonous things. Mm-hmm. I think this is another one of the times where Jordan is drawing on his time in Vietnam. Sure. Yeah, that makes
3: sense. It's a little remin- reminiscent for me of Princess Bride, you know, with the mm-hmm. rodents of unusual size. Mm-hmm.
0: I think also a little bit of um, some of the Wizard of Oz themes with, like, the, uh, like, reaching trees. Yeah, and stuff like that. yeah, okay. that mean, that makes sense.
1: Okay, I just, it wasn't clear in the episode. Yeah. I don't think it's meant to be clear right. what no, happened yeah. to Lan's family, mm-hmm. but I wanted, I just wanted to know, what can we expect from them going through the blight? Right.
0: Um... um and I think that's going to be a big change, because in, in Book 1, we have everybody going. Yes. And, you know, a little bit less of, like, everybody's going to die who who isn't the dragon. Right. Um, I, I think that is sort of a reasonable change that mm-hmm. they made, because there was never any good reason that everybody was there, because Moran knew that Rand was the one. Rand knew that Rand was the mm-hmm. one. And so it's just like, well, why is everybody else, like, going... Yeah. Uh, or sort of everybody else because a lot of everybody else has ended up at Tarvalon at this point because they deposited Nynaeve and Egwene there mm-hmm. earlier on and we got like a completely separate focus for them. So I think that they made one change to keep um, all the, the Egwene and Nynaeve with them. I think that was a good one to just like can not have keep to keep our group time together right? and yeah. keep going back to Tarvalon a yeah. couple of times in the episode. Yeah. But I think that like that makes sense to make this change because they're you know, maybe like Lan is going to hurry up with them afterwards. Unclear what they're going to do in the next episode, but mm-hmm. I think this makes a lot more sense where it's just Moraine and Rand mm-hmm. going to the Eye of the World because they, Rand needs to be there. Moraine probably needs to guide him there. So um, I think that makes a lot more sense. But is a big departure.
1: I will yeah. also say um, that you know once we got the reveal in this episode that. Rand is the dragon reborn, I finally told Lee, I was like, Okay, so in the book we know no. from and Rand really? knows and like everybody knows from the very beginning that he is Well not everybody. Know. Rand and Moraine know basically. Rand yeah, and Moraine yeah, knows. Amen. And his first question was then why did everybody else leave? Oh Which I was like, yeah, that is Great question. That is the question. Right. Um, we we all sort of just well, we'll do too, a little they, hand they
3: waving over that by it. the time they leave the two rivers. yes right
0: exactly so they sort of find that out around and Rand finds it out away from Moraine basically Moraine kind of suspects mm-hmm. um, when they're fleeing but again so like you know I think it's done okay in the books and and it's yeah, a little hand wavy but um, yeah yeah so uh, what was I going to say there are a couple oh. Uh, a book nod that I really wanted to mention because I really liked um, the the things that they did around uh, Rand shooting uh, arrows. Oh like, yeah, I no, thought it was, it was a, cool. a mm-hmm. great thing. They they needed to show how good he was with, with the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. They also, um, I think, did a really good nod to the void and the flame that Tam flame teaches him. Flame and the void. <laughs> um, yes, and and they had time slow down and the flickering of the yeah. torches, which like I, I thought was a really cool. Nod mm-hmm. anyway. Um, back to departures, um, just like uh, like a lot of the like backstory that we get with Ra- with land, we get differently. Mm-hmm. Like they never visit his family, but I think that th- that was a good thing to depart. As I've been saying, and we've all been saying, like they're naive, and land get together eventually, and yes. they needed to set that up. They have the chemistry now. They have like. A little bit more than, like, random conversations, mostly off-book and off-screen in the books. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's uh, super important.
1: And this is a scene, as we discussed a little bit earlier, but this is a scene in the show particularly
0: that allows
1: them to both look human for mm-hmm. a minute before they yeah. actually get together, So, yeah. I, which is pretty important. <laughs> right.
0: So, and another big change that I am disappointed in, um, and I'd like to get, I guess, both of your reactions... Loyal is not with them, and that was a big part of the end of book one, where mm-hmm. Loyal goes to the eye of the world with them.
3: With the green man. And that one, I am, I am pretty disappointed, just also because I think... Loyal is just such a great character yeah. in so many ways, yeah. and so the fact that literally like they leave the Waygate and he just like fucks right off into Faldara somewhere is yeah. really
1: like disappointing. what is he even doing right now? <laughs> we, we just he's don't even see he's it. Like shacking what's Shacking up with some other osier woman, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah. get it, Loyal, but like really, no, we have
3: no idea, <laughs> and so it's very eyebrows. disappointing. Um, Quiver those ears. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and so uh, I, th- I think for me that's going to be one of the more frustrating things because I think uh he makes for great exposition when they need yeah. some more like they need some more exposition uh they I think they're doing a really good job with what they have but he's a great character to just have random throwaway lines that uh, everybody ignores that just fills everything up for everybody yes. else and i think that they should have done it a little bit more in the ways a little bit more with machin Chin and things like that mm-hmm. where just a couple of lines from him that are it would heard. Have really yeah
3: yeah and so. With that, you know, also the other part is, you know, we meet him in a library, which is very book canonical, Um, but he's supposed to also, like, carry books with him, Mm. and so I'm hoping that in season two, hopefully he will come back around, and part of one of his rules will be essentially helping Rand figure out what in the hell does being the Dragon Reborn actually mean? Right, yeah. Um, And so hopefully some of that exposition comes through him. Yeah, that would be great.
0: Um, And so I'm going to do a quick transition, unless you have another big thing for departures. Go for it,
3: yeah. So one of the other things about the, to your point, Sarah, about talking about Nynaeve and Lan getting together, Mm -hmm. is yes, this is a departure from the books, um, but it sets it up as much more mature than the books, which is really helpful and I think really needed in this day and age. Um, but I think we can still get some of the nice arcs that we get with Nynaeve's character um, that relates to her and and Lan's relationship developing because you can still have very much a separation between how they feel and behave physically and Lan still not being available emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I think, is a very strong um, thread that hopefully they will be able to use. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: That makes sense. Because they they clearly
3: establish like sex is not that big of a deal in this world. Like it's like, okay, yeah, we went and we had fun Mm -hmm. instead of like this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I have for departures. Um,
0: So I have one more departure that leads into my disappointed dark friends. Okay. So one of the things that I think was really cool, really important that started way earlier is Land Training Brand with the Sword because it's a big through uh, line in all of the books, honestly. You've, you've mentioned this before and I think it's, I
1: think it's important to keep bringing up.
0: Yeah. mention it again. Um, because like, we just don't have that, that chance and there isn't going to be a chance and they're probably going to do it in season two, but like, you know, it, it, it causes a lot of problems for things that will probably need to happen in season two. With Lan, with Rand being really good with the sword when he meets somebody at the end of book two, which presumably they're going to do at some point in season two. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I don't know what they're going to go there. So, I'm really disappointed that that they're not doing anything with that mm-hmm. and. They really need to, and and they've shown how important the sword is, and that they've done nothing with it the entire season. I mean,
3: I assume now that they've shown how important the sword is, we will get that training. Yeah. Um, but it is really key for Rand before he starts really channeling a lot. Like he really needs to learn. Yeah, how to use the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have one one minor disappointed dark friend. Okay. Which is that. While well, I'm very excited about how they did Makenshin and, and I think it worked well for the kind of info dumps that we get mm-hmm. I'm very disappointed because that was something that I memorized from the books as a teenager <laughs> and then on Halloween my friends and I went around knocked on people's doors <laughs> and then gave them these lines in <laughs> tandem. So They were really creepy people. We were yeah. so edgy. <laughs> this is so um that happened so many years ago that I don't think I could recite the lines anymore. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I had them like committed to memory. Um, but I am a little disappointed we didn't get you know flesh torn into strips. Yeah. yeah, yeah, blood so, so sweet. sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know, <laughs>
1: maybe we'll a get that bit of a little bit for later it. for something else or
0: something. Yep. You
1: yeah, yeah. No, I was no. not disappointed. I loved this episode. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> this was a great episode. Yeah, it I was. am dark friendless on this on this episode. All right.
3: Yeah. Well, it's been fun. Yeah, it has been. May you always find water and shade.